This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Hine, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brauner. The opening kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. You know, you guys uh, have said for years that listen via WNSP.com and WNSP Now, where you get your favorite podcast. You guys listen to us on the opening kickoff, and you're always talking about how, you know, we should do something special for you guys. Well, today, at least as of right now, exclusive content, the opening kickoff. For the next three hours, Mark Heim, Lee Shervanian, Michael Braun are right here in the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. We are here for you guys. How about that, Lee? I'm glad you're here It's like for we're us. giving them an extra show. We certainly are. Or it's going to be such a great show we fooled and everybody else. Nope, you're not getting it. In keeping with a promise, I promised you this morning that I would lead with the baseball story. And I don't want to disappoint you. Oh, Already I see the uh, frustration on your face if I didn't lead with this. The Baseball Hall of Fame yesterday inducted three new members. The induction actually takes place in July. Adrian Beltre, a longtime third baseman, that was a no-brainer. He got like 95% of the vote. 21 years, started with the Dodgers, finished up with Texas, over 3,000 hits, over 400 home runs. The other two were quarterbacks coming out of high school. Uh, Minnesota catcher Joe Maurer on the first ballot He uh, was actually offered a scholarship to play quarterback at Florida State, opted to play for the Minnesota Twins, and in his first try, gets into the Hall of Fame. I'm kind of a little surprised at this one. He was a three-time batting champ and an MVP, but he did not hit that many home runs, so in this day and age of home runs, but kudos to him. And then there's Todd Helton who I think this was his sixth or seventh try. I don't know how many of you remember Todd Helton, but he uh, went to Tennessee and was a quarterback. And I think it was his junior year mark or something. They had had four quarterbacks on the team. And the starter, Colquitt, got hurt. So Helton went in, got hurt. He was replaced by Peyton Manning. Helton never played quarterback again, but went on to a Hall of Fame career with Colorado. The other story that caught my attention nationally, because we do have a lot of local stories to get to, the Milwaukee Bucks are 30-13. and 13. They fired their coach. First year, Adrian Griffin fired after a 30-13. and 13. The narrative that's coming out is he didn't connect with his players. Yeah, well, clearly that's code for something that we're not aware of. So um, that is a star-driven leak. So my First reaction is he didn't jive with, you know, one of those guys, probably Giannis or whatever, but he seems like Giannis seems like a guy that can get along with everybody, but I don't know. Uh, That's absurd. It is, and Doc Rivers is being now pursued. I don't know if he'll take over, but here's the thing. There was also a, a quote, and I don't remember where it came from, that they didn't think he could get them a championship. The guy's in his first year. He's 30 and 13. Do you think maybe he deserves at least a full year? Now, look, I'm not privy to what's going on with the Milwaukee Bucks. They're a very talented team, and they're only, what, three games out of first place. But we all know it's what happens in postseason that matters the most. The other thing in the NBA, Mark, you'll get a kick out of this one. You know, we talked a lot about that Charlotte win over the T-Wolves the other day. Yeah. 
the NBA is reporting there were 10, 10 missed calls in the final two minutes. Six favored Charlotte and a few favored the T-Wolves. In fact, there was one missed call that would have given Minnesota the lead had Carl Anthony Towns gone to the free throw line. Ten missed calls in a two-minute span. Uh, I'm beginning to think like uh, I told somebody this yesterday that uh, if both teams are mad at the officials, then maybe they're doing something right. I don't, I don't know because I was kind of in a – I saw a game last night where neither uh, – a high school game where neither team was real thrilled with tell, the officiating. What game? Which, tell uh, us. It was a, uh, the McGill-Tulin-Baldwin County game. Overtime too. Yeah. Uh, there were a couple overtime games last night in uh, in the area, but uh, I, guess, I guess if you're never going to have both fan bases of any basketball game happy with the officials, so I guess the next best things from an official standpoint is to make sure they're equally mad. I don't know. Did I don't you, know. But to, to miss ten is did McGill clinch something yesterday? Did they? Yeah, they. I think they clinched. Uh, six, they clinched six A area two. I know uh, Baker clinched. Uh, their area with their win over MGM, which was a big game here locally. Uh, so I think there's only like one game left in most area schedules. So there's going to be a lot of that going on here in the next couple days. Speaking about Baker, they won a game last week over at Theater. Last night they beat MGM. They're rolling now. Uh, a guy named – a player on their team called Deshaun Thomas has been cited by the Alabama High School Athletic Association. Actually, he, he got the, the headlines – uh, had 26 points in that win over Theodore. And this was a game that David Armstrong, the head coach, stayed away because he was battling the flu so he couldn't make the trip. But um, yeah, Thomas was cited as the player of the week by the High School Athletic Association. Kudos to him. You know, uh, you brought up baseball, and I'm, I'm, I'm a little shocked you didn't bring up the name Billy Wagner because of all the guys that were up for this whole thing, if I'm – of any relation, or if I'm a fan of Billy Wagner, I am frustrated beyond belief. It's one thing to fall, quote-unquote, short. This dude got 73.8%. You need 75. He was essentially five votes short. So I'm thinking if I were ever up for the Hall of Fame, which I won't be because clearly my glove just wasn't quick enough, are you like... Are you stumping for yourself? Are you are you sending out like highlight reels? Are you in, are you out there like hitting the trail and sending voters a highlight reel or thanks for considering me and or your family or your rep? I just feel like you need to be endorsing yourself like in politics. If I was robocalls, voting, if I was voting personally and I had this conversation with Dan Jennings the other day, I would not vote for Billy Wagner. Billy Wagner was a very good relief pitcher, but there's a lot of really good relief pitchers. They come in in the one inning and so forth. I would have voted for Andrew Jones or Gary Sheffield ahead of Wagner. Neither of those two made it, and I think Sheffield now goes off the ballot and goes into the Veterans Committee. Gary Sheffield was one of the most feared hitters of his time, but I think he was contentious with the media, and maybe maybe some of them held but a grudge. But if you're Wagner, you're five votes five, short. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm getting the robocall. Vote for Wagner. How do you spell relief? W-A-G-N-E-R. Good good try. Good try. He still has, I think, another opportunity, so maybe next year you can push. I, I wouldn't. I'm just saying a rep, an agent, something, send out 
billy clubs or something to all of the voters. I, I don't know. You know what I really like about here. the two two of the three that got in? They were with one team the entire career. Maurer with Minnesota, Hilton with uh, Colorado. And Hilton was kept off for a number of years because people thought that his stats were tainted because he played in Colorado where the ball you know, has a tendency to travel, obviously, in the uh, Denver air better than maybe other stadiums, uh, stadiums, which I thought was kind of ridiculous. But I think you go back in his career, Mark, and I'll always remember this, again, what I brought up. He was a Tennessee quarterback, and he was a really good athlete, plus he was a baseball player on Tennessee. And they had a number one quarterback. I remember this. I don't remember much back then, but Tennessee, they had Cole quit at quarterback. He got hurt. Hilton gets hurt. And then Peyton Manning comes off the bench, and well, the rest is history. So what you're saying is, uh, backup SEC quarterbacks good enough to be baseball Hall of Famers? Mm. The well, isn't true. You know what Major Applewhite said? I need four quarterbacks, and that's the year Tennessee had four quarterbacks. The fourth quarterback, I don't know if you guys remember. I think his name, I think his name was Stewart, but he transferred to Texas A&M before we knew anything about transfers. Hey, speaking of transfers, I got another good one. Cam Rising, <laughs> the Utah quarterback yeah coming back for a seventh year he is guaranteed between 500 and 1.5 million dollars to forego a year going into the nfl and to come back and uh, play a seventh year now he didn't play last year he was hurt the whole year seven years is now the new five but nine is the new seven in college football eligibility uh by the way speaking of uh, college football and I'm sure you're going to get to this in the uh, scoreboard, so I don't mean to steal your thunder, but Ryan Williams canceling the Texas trip. Um, so he still has Auburn, but uh, Alabama and Auburn fans, maybe it sounds like it's coming down to... I think it is, Mark. I think it's coming down to those two. He also canceled a trip to LSU, so it's basically trips to Texas a and I'm a little surprised about the Texas trip because, as you know, his quarterback at Sarah Land is committed to Texas, and he was actually, there's an interview up there with your, your colleague, Ben Thomas, where Ben asked him about going to Texas, and he asked him if uh, Lacey's going with him, and he said he probably will, and this was taken, this was done prior to his decision to bypass Texas, so that's the one that surprised me because, you know, when you talk about money and bidding, you know, you, th- you know that Texas, and I, I felt for sure he'd want to, you know, meet you know, Sarkeesian and talk to him also. But you're right. I think I think pretty much it's coming down to Alabama and Auburn. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think, you know me, I'm, I'm rarely serious. But I, I do think in this situation what you're seeing, and you see this a lot from especially high-profile guys, man, they're tired. They're tired of constantly getting hit up. They're tired of going on these trips. Uh, and at some point they just decide, like, we need to zero in. Because it's easy for me to say, man, take all your official visits, go enjoy, like go to go to Austin, go to Tuscaloosa, go to go wherever. I've always said you've earned that right, but these guys, man, they're just tired, and um, and it's pretty clear I that he had his mind made up, and it's really a whole lot of other schools. Uh, it's on them to make them make him change his mind. It's really not up to him to go out there and find an alternative. And I think that's becoming more and more difficult for these uh, for these schools. And the other one too now we're going to be following is the Dubos, the uh, big tackle from Viger, who uh, we're going to we're going to talk to his high school basketball coach. Uh, there have been a number of coaches coming down to look at him. In fact, Hugh Freeze is supposed to come down 
and be it tonight's Viger game. They had a game uh, yesterday. They were supposed to play Davidson. It's been moved to tonight, Mark. So uh, Dubose plays on the basketball team, but he's being recruited. He Remember, he had committed to Georgia and then re- uh, took away his name from there, recommitted, but he hasn't said where. So he was really excited in the interview with Ben Thomas, which I hope we'll be able to play during the course of the next three hours. He was really excited that Ryan Day came to watch him play basketball. And it really got me thinking years ago, there was a really good player in this area called Sendedrick Marks. Yeah. And he wasn't being recruited for football at all. Tommy Tuberville was coaching Auburn at the time, came down to watch him play basketball, and then signed him. So, uh, obviously, an, another show full of uh, full of storylines that we need to get to throughout the course of it, and we are here for all of it. So, here comes your scoreboard, your traffic, and your weather, your phone calls when we come back at 694-1055. The opening kickoff. WNSP app style, right here on the sports station, WNSP. Hi, this is Bill Hancock, Executive Director of the College Football Playoff, and you are listening to WNSP 105.5 in Mobile. What were your first impressions of Coach Bull? Just how down to earth he is, and you know, uh, how calm and comfortable with him, with himself he is, just like everybody else there. Exactly what you see is what you get. All right, 621 here on a uh, wet Wednesday. Welcome back in the opening kickoff. That was the voice of Ryan Williams. As you just mentioned, uh, no go for Texas this weekend. No go for LSU. He was talking with Ben Thomas of AL.com. The only planned trip that has been reported that he will visit Auburn February 2nd and sign on his birthday February the 9th. Can we ever remember a a high school player that where we've wa- watched this journey. It's almost like a scavenger hunt. You know, you go place to place to place. You don't go here, you go there. And I, I, it's, I can't ever remember a, a, a trip like this with a local football player like this where there's been so much interest in where he's going to wind up going. Yeah, and, you know, somebody pointed this out in the app, and it, and it makes sense. If he's not going – if he's not going to Texas because he's tired and has kind of already made up his mind – I I guess I, I I get why he would want to announce on his birthday, but why not just be done with it? Um, that's the flip side of it. You're like if you know, or if you're waiting, I think it would make more sense if maybe he had it narrowed down to Alabama and Auburn. Maybe he could move Auburn up a week, but I just feel like we're prolonging this for maybe the wrong reasons. I mean, it'd be one thing if you're prolonging it because. You just really don't know, and you're trying to gather more information. Uh, I guess I mean I would I would I could see that, um, but you've had plenty of time to gather information. I'm not privy to this at all. I, I haven't talked to Ryan, and I, I wouldn't want to. I mean, it's his decision. Uh, family enters into it. Wish him well wherever he goes. I will say this though: I was a little bit surprised if if you told me that he was going to cancel a trip to a Texas school. I would have thought it was Texas A&M only. And again, common sense, because his good friend, his quarterback, is going to Texas, plus Sarkeesian and what he's done, you know, with the Texas program. It it looked like it's uh, a, a, a program that would cater to his, you know, assets as a wide receiver. But again, there, there may be some other circumstances that we're totally not clear about. Uh, so you guys can uh, jump in on that. You know, we were talking at the break, so uh, Georgia lost uh, – Uga 10. 
yesterday. See his record as a mascot? Yeah, I mean, he was quite the— 91-18. So you brought up a a, a great question. Why—and you didn't exactly phrase it like this, but I'm with you. Why on God's green earth do we still use Roman numerals for anything? Like, I get it, 1 through 10. Most of us can handle that. But, like, you talk about the Super Bowl. Man, why? Like, I just— I. If it's Super Bowl Fifty Six, let's just call. Let's just do, let's just write it as Fifty Six. Do the Romans use Roman numerals in Rome? I haven't been to Italy. I haven't been to Rome. Does anybody out there know? Do Does they anybody use Roman have numerals? an explanation? And, and other than tradition, can we just make life simpler? I just, yeah. I get very confused now. Luckily, in the stories about Super Bowl this year, they're referring to it as Fifty Eight. They're not using Roman numerals. Michael, do you ever use Roman numerals? But for those that want to know what 58 is in Roman numerals, it should really be, by the way, uh, Chick-fil-A. But it is L-V-I-I-I. That, come on, just call it, what is it, 58? 58. Just 58. Yeah, I've never considered the point of being anti-Roman numeral, but you make a compelling case. Right. If I show you Super Bowl 58 in Roman numerals, you're like, hey, it's Super Bowl 58. No, no one's saying, let me me do the quick math. Nobody's doing that math. When I was in high school, the first two years I had to take Latin. Who speaks Latin? Uh, Well, it's the uh, basis of all other languages. But I'm saying it's not like you go around speaking it. Actually, the people that do take Latin do wind up speaking it. Do they? Yeah. It's like uh, I don't – I I realize it's the basis, but – A couple of my kids took Latin. I don't understand why, but yes. Mark, you see PETA got in on this UGA thing? I did. PETA actually sent me an email because what? I wrote about, yeah. I'm um, going to take the opposite side on this with PETA. The fact that the You mascot, always take the opposite side. Not PETA. always, but in this case, the, the publicity for dogs, the bulldog in particular, it's 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 great publicity. It is. It's it's great publicity for the uh, the animal. I think bulldog. I've written about PETA before because it, it, this is standard like operating procedure for PETA. They always send out a release or something on the on the heels of news about this. But it was their quote that caught me. I was like, "Damn, that's that's kind of cool." He said, and they and I quote, "The winningest mascot in UGA's history was born to lose." I'm like, "Okay, you got my attention." That's they, ridiculous. They basically said bulldogs shouldn't exist i think is what i've gathered well, there look look at all the adopt you see these commercials dogs being adopted i know a lot of people adopt dogs and everything be be concerned more about that this dog gets treated like royalty i'm sure they take very good care of it best accommodations best food uh ringside seat of all when he was at the games and things like that it's a nice tradition why pick on this pick on the animals that are being abused according to PETA, uh mr Bronner. um Stop exploiting these victims of cruel breeding practices. Uh, and, of course, uh, putting them out there in the, and I quote, the sweltering southern heat. What is What does PETA accomplish, though? <laughs> when you really get down to it, what do they accomplish? What do they do? Like I said, we have so many animals, unfortunately, that are abused. They're out on the streets and things. Go help them. I think they do. This they is just a don't lot more. do nothing. What do they do? He, well, their motto in part reads animals are not ours to use for entertainment and 
How would you like it if we whoa, walk? Whoa, we, right. we we put put a, something on your collar and walk you out there in the 110 degree yeah. heat. Right, would you drive you in a box? Would you drive Okay, house. I'm not defending. I, it sounds like I'm defending. All right. Pete. So I, if I, I uh, if I and when I walk the dog, if I take the collar off and he runs across the street and gets hit by a car, that better? No, no. But th- that's different that than dog what they're I saying. Have. What they're saying is you you shouldn't bring the your dog. To the senior bowl and say hey look at this because the dog and like they've done this with the eagle at auburn like they wind up getting all this uh there's all this stimulants that they don't need and so i I actually think peter would tell you you shouldn't have a dog at all we should uh but all all the zoos go out of business all the carnivals go out of business yes no dancing bears no dancing bears no no dancing bears uh, panda bears or whatever you have panda bears they just can't be i don't think they want you to have pets so no, I think Lee's stance on that is correct. That PETA doesn't want you to have pets. I, I I think that's true. I'll look into it more. Does PETA want you Mark, to have pets? You've got to get another PETA guy on for us. Oh, We've done that, that before. No, you've done it once. Let's do it again. I could probably get Lee a guy. Lee is going to rip into him. PETA does not oppose kind people who share their lives and homes with animal companions, whom they love, treat well, and care for property. Boom! Properly. Uh, Recruiting-wise, everything's been picking up. A lot of colleges coming through here daily. Um, it's been good. It's been good, but the process is kind of coming to an end. Good. 6.32, thanks for hanging with us on this uh, wet Wednesday. It's the opening kickoff. Mark Lee and Bronner with you right here on the Sports Station WNSP. One of the high school teams that's having a fantastic year so far is Viger, and uh, Jarris Jackson is on the line with us right now. Uh, they've got 20 wins. They play Davidson tonight. Jarris, good morning. How you doing, my friend? Uh, doing good, man. How you all doing? Good. We ran a, some audio that Ben Thomas did with Micah Dubos, who is being sought after for football. But is he as good a basketball player as he is a football player? He's good. I wouldn't say he's good as a basketball player as a football player, but he's really good, man. You'll be surprised. To see an offensive lineman that's about six six, close to 300 pounds that can move up the floor and dunk a basketball. You know that reminds me of when I was covering uh, high school sports back in I guess it was the eighty yeah the eighties when uh, the great Keith McCants who you know passed away um, a while back but you know he was most sought after as a football player but I did some of his basketball games and I'm telling you he was really good he took his team to the states. I guess the uh, final four or whatever. Does uh, do, do does Dubo set a lot of picks? Oh yeah, he does, man. That big body, that big frame is kind of hard for the, the the defenders of the opposing team to fight around it. And he does a good job getting rebounds, man. He's really athletic to be that big, and so uh, that's what we use him as to get rebounds and stuff, so to say. And so he's uh, highly recruited as a football player, but uh, he's a very valuable piece on the basketball team for us. Coach, uh, congratulations on all the success. I know you got Davidson tonight, so it's not really in in, in you can't, I can't. I'm kind of peeking forward uh, a little bit to, I know you got LaFleur, but I'm really looking at that Fairhope because I feel like you guys have played and improved all year. And I know you opened the season with, with, with a loss to Fairhope, and I think this is going to be a great measuring stick. But how, how, how far along, how different is this team today than it was back in November? Oh, it is very, very different. And, and, and Fairhope is a great team. And, and the coaches, me and the coach from Fairhope, Coach Solomon, we both 
planned that on purpose because we knew that uh, it'll be a great measuring stick to play each other at the beginning of the season. Then it'll be an even better measuring stick to play each other at yeah. the end of the season. It's not an area game, so it's just a great way to keep us sharp to see how well we are, what we need to work on. Be a, should be a great competitive game. I'm looking forward to playing them and seeing where we are. Uh, we're very different. We're a totally different team than what we were uh, back in November. And, and so are they. They are very different, too. So uh, it's going to be a great, exciting game on Tuesday. It'll be senior night for us. So it'll be an exciting night of basketball. Jarris Jackson is the head coach of Viger. They're doing extremely well. They caught my attention when they won that holiday tournament at the Spring oh, Hill. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Uh, you told me Hugh Freeze is going to be there tonight in, in person? Yes. yes, Hugh Freeze will be there tonight in person. They're uh, highly recruiting Michael Dubose. Um, they're, they're very uh, interested in him. Um, like I said, a lot of these football coaches, uh, from talking to the Ohio State staff, they like to see him play basketball versus, you know, I mean, I know they, of course, they like to see him football, but they say they see more movement uh, in on the basketball court than what they will in football. So they're very excited to come see him play basketball on tonight. So what is the point, though? I mean, they already know what he can do on the football field. So there must be something to the fact, and I, I know this has been going on, where football coaches come down to watch them play basketball. Do they get a chance to talk to the player? Is it an open recruiting season? Yeah, yeah. So right now it is open recruiting. They get a chance to kind of speak with him and talk with him and meet his family, his mom, and what to say. Just kind of just talk with him and bond with him a little bit, and to see him, uh, you know, see the movement, see the lateral movement because basketball does present a little bit more movement um, than what you would see on the football field or what. Man, a lot of it is are related though. You know, kind of the same movements, but um, that's what it is, and it kind of brings a little bit more excitement for us to see. You know, head football coaches from these high, highly uh, high programs around that we like to see on TV in the SEC, as well as you know Ohio State on the previous game. So our kids are excited to see him tonight, and um, Michael Dubos, he's really excited as well. Um, he's going to be a big time football player. He has a hard decision to make for his future. How crazy is it that? Ryan Day's at your basketball game, Coach. Like, how how do you keep your guys focused? The Ohio State coach is sitting there on the sideline watching y'all poop. Man, that was really exciting, man. It kind of was unreal, man, to see that the actual head coach of a Ohio State, a, a program like that, that's kind of in the national championship or college playoffs every year. And so uh, that was unreal, man. He was able to share uh, some really good information with us. Um, based on just competitive sports and um, very motivational, man. Really good character, man. They show love, man, and they 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 just changed the atmosphere of that whole basketball gym that night. And it was really great. It was a good experience for the kids as well, man. To see them go, those guys that we see on TV almost every Saturday with college football. To see them right there in our presence was unreal, man. The guys soaked it in. They really did something special for Michael Dubos and his recruit recruitment. And now he sees that every day matters, like the little small things we do matter. Going to class matters. He To hear Ryan Day talk about things like that, academics and athletics, you know, that really kind of stamped it for Mike to, to see that every day matters with going to class, being respectful to your teachers, being productive in the class and producing good grades. That was huge for our program. All right, Jarris Jackson is the head coach of Viger. Uh, you're not a one-man team by any means. Talk about some of the players who have contributed. Let's talk about the rest of the team and what got you here. Man, the strength the strength of our team is that we do have depth. 
Um, I'm about I can sub about ten to twelve guys, and it won't be a major drop off. And, and, and teams teams are starting to realize that they think when we sub, you know, they can take advantage of it. But my the the depth and my second team they're really really strong, and our defense is really really key to our success. For us being on like a twelve or thirteen game win streak right now, uh, when we won that Christmas tournament in December. Defense was a key, man. Our pressure, our pressure is really, really hard to stop. Uh, we present a lot of pressure pretty much all game, and I do have, I do have some 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 guys that have been stepping up for me. Uh, that's been playing really, really well. I have a senior, Terrell Johnson. He's been averaging about uh, 20 points within these last four to five games. Another senior, Albert Holcomb. He's been right behind him with about 17 points, and those guys. Uh, rebounding the ball really well. Uh, we're making it hard on teams. Um, they have to handle our pressure for four quarters, and that's been that's been a big problem for the opposing teams thus far. But I've been telling my guys it's going to come to a point where we're still a team that can handle our pressure, but we're prepared for that as well. It's funny you bring up the fact you play 10 players. You got Hugh Freeze. It's going to remind him of Bruce Pearl playing as many players as he does for Auburn with you playing so much. <laughs> how far – you and I had this conversation yesterday, and if you can, how far can this team go? Is this a, a, a Final Four type of team? Yes, yes, yes. See, that's the thing. This is a Final Four team. We made a Final Four my first year at but I didn't have as many weapons as I have now. But you, you know as well as I do, um, you have to be very, very – careful with the Final Four run. You're going to run across some Cinderella teams, some teams you would think on paper should be there, but they're, they're a totally different team than what they were. So I'm trying to make sure my guys are aware of that and, and just stay hungry and stay humble and composed. If we do that and continue to work hard, I think we can make a Final Four run. I don't want to jinx it, but I really do think we can. Your game with Davidson was supposed to have been played last night. Why was it moved to tonight? Well, you know, we had the weather uh, we had the weather delay about a, probably about a week ago, and so we had to move the Faith Academy game to Monday, and so by uh, area has to be completed by a certain date. I think like January 30th or so. So we wanted to go ahead and go ahead and play that area game against Faith on Monday. So that's what pushed the Davidson game to tonight. Well, Coach, uh, you guys are obviously putting the ball in the hole, man. Y'all putting up some big numbers on that scoreboard. We wish you the best of luck moving forward. Congratulations on all the success so far. And uh, let us know the next time a big major Division One coach comes to town. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll come get an autograph. Oh, yes, sir. Thank you. And thank you all so much for having me on this show. Absolutely. I appreciate it yep. so much. Best of luck. You know, we talk about basketball resurgence in college, Alabama, Auburn, uh, how basketball with Bruce Pearl and, of course, with Nate Oates and before him, uh, you know, Johnson. But yesterday they released the McDonald's All-America team. Three of the players have been recruited, two by Alabama, one by Auburn. Yeah, I think uh, I think it was Auburn that sent out a tweet or post about it and referred to their guys as Burger Man, the Burger Man. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure how that's a, a – Better positive, than, I guess. Better than the milkshake man or the French fry know. man. Uh, so we're debating the pros and cons of uh, Roman numerals. Um, I'd like to know. Someone said they look better for magnified big events over standard numbers. Uh, I, I, I could see that, right? It's a little bit more formal. All I'm saying is you look at Super Bowl LV, 
I, 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 and you don't know what that is. Right. How many people really understand that? How many, because you're not do, de, doing with it daily. You're not on a daily basis of working with Roman numerals. So I've often wondered too, I mean, I know we all had to, I guess, study it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I, I think in like sixth grade or something, something I learned like that, something about yeah. Roman numerals, really? but it was in one ear and out the other. Uh, but we brought, we're talk this, talking about this because Georgia lost uh, one of their mascots, Uga 10. Uh I think it was a, a 10, ten, right? A I, ten. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I know my Roman numerals till about 10. I've always known my Roman numerals to four, thanks to the Rocky series and Rocky five. And then they started getting away from that. So I know my, I know my Roman numerals up to about five. All my point is it's just not very practical. And I think we should just make life easier for everybody and just get. I'm not saying ban Roman numerals because you know. Sounds we're in like a, you are. I'm not trying to cancel. We're in a cancel society. I don't want to cancel Roman numerals. There's a place for them. I just but only up know, to about four or five. I just want to know if, if, <laughs> people, if people in Rome use Roman numerals. Yeah. <laughs> hey, did you watch that Rocky I, I, I last night that was on TV? Nah, that's probably not how it goes. Yeah, now it just goes out Rocky IV. All right, what are we going to do when we come back? We're just going to open gonna, it up. We're going to open it up to us. We're going to open it up to us. Yes, uh, open it up to us. And we will uh, get to hear from you guys. I haven't heard any rants from Michael Brauner. I'm a little disappointed, so we're going to let him take off. Hmm. All right. Any particular topic there? Or? No, no. It's, it's it's open game. Anything you want to anything you want to rant on? You want to rant on the Bucks firing their coach after a 30 and 13? Meh. Doesn't really do it for me. Fair enough. All right, hey, Dan Jennings will be along at 7 o'clock. We'll talk to you next, 694-1055. The opening kickoff, wrapping up hour number one next, right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Hi, I'm Vern Lundquist from CBS Sports. You're listening to WNSP Mobile, Alabama. Six uh, forty-nine here on a wet Wednesday. Welcome back in the opening kickoff, Michael. I'm going to get your uh, reaction to this. Mel Kiper came out. You're the uh, pro football expert here. You've got that podcast which everybody listens to. He's got Caleb Williams going number one to the Bears. He's got Jaden Daniels going number two to Washington. He has Drake May going to your beloved Patriots at number three. Yeah. Um... Mel Kuyper really throwing some stuff out there. I don't know if I'm an NFL expert, but I think I know enough to be able to tell you that Jaden Daniels is not going to overall. Okay, well then who is? Probably Drake May. Then what does the what what do the Patriots do? I don't know. We'll see. Well, that's why we have you on. You you got to come in with a something that. Uh... I mean, the Patriots might draft Jaden Daniels. I don't particularly think he's worth a top three pick so you don't have your ear to the organization that i thought you did no i mean i live 1500 miles away so i don't think i have my ear to the organization i don't think you can use that as an argument it's a big ear in this day and age of social media and everything is just it's close by no you can't you can't come at me and tell me because you live far away that you can't come up with an opinion i have an opinion i mean of who they should draft name it I would like them to take Marvin Harrison, uh, but I don't think they will. 
I would. I mean, if Drake May somehow drops, that's a no-brainer. But I think Caleb Williams and Drake May are going one and two. So, we'll see. I don't know. I think Jaden Daniels or a tackle is likely. It's it's gonna be uh, a sad night if so. I I could get behind Jaden Daniels. I'm just not super thrilled about using the third pick in the draft on him. What do you think there, Lee? You know, in this world of social media. I think Caleb Williams, if he goes to the Bears, what happens to Justin Fields? Who cares? Wait, I was I was asked a question. <laughs> like trade him to Atlanta? I don't know. Who cares? He's Ooh, horrible. Good. Yeah, trade him to Atlanta. Michael, tell me when I, it's my turn. Go ahead. All right. So I got Caleb Williams. I I can go with that. I I can live with that. That he just raves about his talent that you can't bypass. Obviously, the narrative up in Chicago is do. Do we stay with Justin Fields and then maybe go with Marvin Harrison? But do you give up maybe, maybe, maybe a generational talent, Caleb Williams? Uh, as far as the commanders, of course, uh, a lot of that has to do with, you know, what's going to happen with, you know, their offense. They're not really locked into their quarterback, so you figure they're going to go quarterback. Uh, Drake May, possibility. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to buy into Jaden Daniels going to number two. I'm, I'd, I'd pretty much go with what you said, Michael, on uh, Drake May as far as a drop-back quarterback. Number three, Patriots. I'm leaving that one in your lap. They've botched up so many drafts over the years, I can't figure them out. Mm. They haven't picked this high in a really long time. Very true, because they've always traded down, too. Now, you're right. They've never well, had. They've also no. never been this bad. No, you're right. No, you're right, because they always were winning championships and everything, so they were up, up in the 20s. So, But usually, you know, Belichick would move down and th- uh, give you a one to get five twos or two threes or something like that. He's not there. Who's calling the shots now? Do we know? No. No, probably Kraft's son. Oh, ouch. Yeah, not I don't, good. I'm not into that. No, neither am I. All right, well, you guys can jump in. It's apparently never too early to talk mock drafts here on uh, WNSP. So if you want to get in and give us your take on uh, uh, Michael, your the response to your uh, to your explanation not not they're not exactly agreeing with you over there on a wide receiver. Uh, well, I think you can go the veteran route. Like it wouldn't be the worst thing to have a stopgap quarterback for a year or two rather than reaching but what, but they they that's the problem they've had us they they've had a stopgap quarterback they haven't had anybody to to really emerge and did you see the story yesterday i was kind of disappointed i i really thought mac jones coming out was a good fit for the patriots i did and i'm sure belichick had a lot of conversations with nick saban and we saw the percentages but apparently He's lost the locker room. Yeah, I'm not really surprised. <laughs> he's, but is he, he's not very good. I know, but did did you ever consider him a diva type? I, I think those reports are overblown. But, I, I mean, frankly, I don't think it really matters. He's not good enough to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. So, Is, what, your, what is, is, your, uh, is your drinking, not drinking buddy, your companion uh, at the uh, Senior Bowl, uh, Zappy? My companion at the Senior Bowl. Uh, didn't, you sit, didn't you sit with him? I th- yeah, I did. Okay. Uh, I think Zappy could be a capable backup. I mean, he's not very good. This he's is not a, very good this either. This is a golden opportunity to maybe, and you know how this goes. I mean, when you look at some of the 
high-profile quarterbacks that have brought in, like uh, Wilson, that backfired on the Jets, and the guy of the 49ers, uh, Lance, that didn't go well. So, I mean, there's no guarantee. But if you have that opportunity, can you let it pass? I would not let it pass if Caleb Williams or Drake May drops the three. But, I mean, I don't know about Jaden Daniels that high. I mean, there there is a chance that Harrison goes two and May would be would still be on the board, right behind Caleb Williams. In that case, yes, I I think it's a no brainer. Yeah. In the likely scenario that the quarterbacks go one and two, I would like to take Harrison. I think he's that good, but again, you know who's throwing to him. But you know. And as good as Harrison is, there are a lot of good receivers out there, some we don't even know about. Look at the guy that did so well for the Rams this year. I mean, it was a fifth-round draft pick. Yeah, the Nicole? Patriots aren't exactly great with draft and receiver talent, so, so I'd, go probably, out, I'd, take so the go out, I'd take the sure thing. So go out and get a, a free agent like Randy Moss like they once did. Yeah, I mean, I think they need a combination of draft and free agency, like sign a T. Higgins or a Calvin Ridley. And, and draft someone as well. I mean, they have the worst w- weapons in the league, kind of by far. So. Hey guys, if you if you all want to get league going, like really worked up, defend Peta. Try to, and try to. Lee will take your head off. All they want is the ethical treatment of animals. I don't, I don't know what what is to be upset yeah, what's, what's about. The big deal. I think it's honorable, Lee. Ethical treatment, that's all. They're not saying you can't have pets. They're just saying be ethical about it. Yeah. They're not here for your amusement, Shervanian. What are they here for? Uh, if they're not here for your amusement, I mean, I enjoy, like, as we've talked about, I on weekends, we borrow a dog that uh, he's very entertaining to me. I love playing ball with him, running around the house. What is he there for? Just to be a statue? No, to, to live his life, and you I pro- take you very pro- good you, care you of You provide uh, a nurturing home, Absolutely. and you take care of the dog. And How many times do you walk your dog a day? Apparently not as many times as you. <laughs> no, well, this let's hear it. Like Give, me a, number. Give me uh, a number. Once. I walk this dog in 20 to 30 degree weather five times each day that I had him this weekend. No less than four or five times. On the days you borrow him. Yes. Yeah. Well, that he comes over. You rent him? We're like, yeah, like well, uh, not so much renting. We're kind of godparents. What okay. is the situation there? Yeah, it's it's a, it's it's different. I it'd be to get into it would just it's too long, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Lee, Lee Lee has visitation rights. I, that's exactly what it is. That's what it sounds I have, like. Mark, that sums it up. I Lee have visitation rights. Lee gets him every rights. other weekend and, 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 and on holidays. And the, yes. dog, the dog is counting down the days until it can go back to its real parents. Pretty much. <laughs> but we do take very good care of it. You see that latest comment in the app, Mark? That Lee is entertainment for the dog? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's probably better. Hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, so Peter's out, out in force, uh, thanks to um, Georgia Uga, Uga X. How about the record though? Ninety-one and what eighteen? Two championships. Yeah, Uga Uga was a uh, yeah. Uga was getting it done. There won't be another Uga quite how like many, that. How many uh, college next teams one. have a live? Colorado's got a. Right, you got, you got Colorado, the Buffalo, the Buffalo, and you got Texas. Auburn. I've been campaigning Texas? for a live elephant. Uh, Brian Denny for a long time. How awesome would that I be? I would love that. We that, joke with Joel yes, Erdman all the time. Yes, I always make a point. When we get exactly. in the live Jaguar, man, could you see that thing getting loose? 
Guys, I still remember the first time I ever went to Baton Rouge for an LSU game, and they brought the tiger out, yeah. the real live tiger. Mike. It, Mike, yeah. Mike, Roman numeral. I don't know what Roman numeral it was because I'm not very well versed on Roman numerals. According to PETA, the winningest mascot in UJ's history was born to lose. Since, like all breathing impaired breeds, he suffered from debilitating deformities such as an unnaturally shortened nose and airway that left him panting and gasping for air, particularly in the sweltering southern heat. That's what I'm saying. They're they're like anti. Stop bulldog, exploiting bulldogs. these victims of cruel breeding practices before another bulldog suffers and dies on its watch. Which bulldog was it that went after an Auburn player? I think the player's name was Baker. Well, if you remember, Bevo went after Uga Ten. That's what made Uga Ten so popular. Anyway, we digress. Dan Jennings is next. Let's see if he can top this conversation. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Hine, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brauner. The opening kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. Ladies and gentlemen, the exclusive content for our digital listeners continues here on the sports station WNSP. That's right. Only you guys. That's how much we think of you. I'm Mark Hahn. That's Lee Shervanian, Michael Bronner. It's our number two. One of the major stories yesterday, uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame. Uh, they have voted in. Three newcomers. They'll be inducted July 21st in Cooperstown. Adrian Beltry, Todd Helton, and Joe Maurer. To that, we bring in Assistant General Manager of the Washington Nationals, Mr. Dan Jennings. Dan, welcome to the show. Good morning. You doing okay? Hey, thanks, Lee. Good morning, man. How are you guys? Good. Beltry was a no-brainer. 95% of the vote, no-brainer. What did you think about the election to get Maurer and Helton in? You know what? I thought it was good, Lee. It's, uh, I, I think we're seeing a somewhat of a swing in the, uh, in the voting now with more emphasis with the writers today. There's a newer group of writers who have been included in the 600 or so, I think, that vote. And they're placing an emphasis on, uh, on, on windows of time, a 10-year window. And in that, they're looking at different measures now. You know, there used to be the 500 uh, homers, 3,000 hit, 3,000 win, and now they're placing a greater emphasis on how that player compared to other players of that same position and in that same era, and if they had a run where they dominated in that 10-year window. And uh, I love these two kids. I got to see both of them. Uh, I saw Helton in high school. I certainly saw him in college at Tennessee. Same with Joe Maurer. And uh, it was fun to watch their careers grow and evolve the way they did and become the uh, producers and the type of major league players that they were. You and I had this conversation. I, I didn't think Maurer was a first ballot Hall of Famer, maybe down the road. Granted, he, he hit uh, led the league in hitting three times, but, you know, over the course of, what, 13 years, he only hit 143, 145 home runs, which is hardly anything. 
I think the position probably had as much to do as anything with that. He uh, he received the second highest percentage of uh, of votes for catchers, uh, especially catchers who were first ballot Hall of Famers. And you know when you look at his body of work for that ten year window of what he was able to accomplish, especially the uh, I think there have been seven. Uh, batting titles won by catchers and he's got three of those so there was a window there where he truly was the the best by a long shot and um, I think that position certainly uh, helped him in this process who was the better quarterback in high school because you said you scouted him Todd Helton or Joe Maurer uh, it was Maurer Maurer I you know what's great about that? You, you, all three guys yesterday were multi-sport athletes. You know, when I was a scouting director, I I love uh, drafting kids, especially kids who had played quarterback uh, in high school football. And you know, these all three of these guys were multi-sport athletes. Beltre was a uh, a big basketball and soccer guy, but Maurer was the Gatorade Player of the Year in uh, in football in the state of Minnesota and man he was uh, he had committed or had signed to uh, Florida State to go there to play uh, college football all right so this is a little apples to oranges Dan but which sport in high school is the best to go watch a baseball player play other than that sport to get an idea of whether or not he could make it at the next level we just got finished having this conversation there are a couple of football guys in this area being heavily recruited by some major d1 guys that, and, and Ryan Day and DeBoer and a, uh, Hugh Freeze are all either been here or coming here to watch basketball games to watch their football guys play. What's what's the one sport that best exhibits baseball traits other than baseball? All right. Well, I have a two-part answer to this Shoot. because I grew up in a football home, so I like the mental toughness, especially if it is a – you know, a quarterback position, running back or receivers that, you know, they get hit on a little bit. But from a pure evaluative game to go and watch, the basketball court by far is the best sport to go watch because you see so much agility. You see so much, uh, you know, quickness and start and stop and changes, directional changes. So if you can see a baseball kid playing basketball, you get a real good idea of pure athleticism of that kid. Mark, who spends a lot more time on this than I do, uh, said on the air that Billy Wagner, what would you say, lost by five votes to get in? Yeah, so I'm not saying he should have gotten in or shouldn't have gotten in. I'm smart enough to know that I'm not smart enough. But all I'm saying is he needed five votes. Like, I would – if I, I, it's almost like a campaign, man. I need to know what the the – where I stand, I'm endorsing, I'm campaigning, I'm sending, I don't know, billy clubs to everybody, whatever. But, man, that's got to be disheartening, man, to be that close. It's one thing not to get in, but to miss it by the skin of your teeth is tough. Yeah, Maurer gets in by four votes, and yeah. Wagner misses by five. And you just look at, you know, how closely contested uh, to reach that 75 percentile and how hard that is to get three out of every four uh, votes that you need and I'll tell you the other thing that I felt was very unique in this you had two guys go in yesterday and they played their entire career with one team 
And someone texted me yesterday after I said that, and they said, yeah, I didn't know that was a criteria. It's not a criteria, but I think it's easier for the voters to keep tabs on a player who plays out his entire career with one club, and it's just easier to monitor that that period, whether it's 10 years, whether it's 20 years. Uh, I think it's just easier to look at the value of what that player brings and, and uh, how good he was during that time. Do you think Todd Hilton, uh, I guess this was his sixth try, was kept out the first five because he played in that high, that altitude of Colorado? I definitely think it factored in. I know, uh, you know, that used to be the talk about Colorado and what it created and how much advantage that it created. Then they brought in the humidors to the baseballs. And then when you back away and you look at what his on-road numbers were, uh, especially using today's modern metrics and measurables, you know, this guy, this guy's OPS and his OPS plus and different things like that, while they were not to the level of uh, what they were at Coors Field, they were better than, than I mean, they were all-star caliber on the road. So this Todd Helton was a great hitter. He was a professional hitter, and he produced at a level that very few guys that have been in this game do. So. I think he took more time to overcome the uh, mystique of Coors Field, but I think in the end, because of his consistency, it opened the door for him. Why do you think Andrew Jones, who had over 400 home runs and was a 10-time gold glover, among other things, has not gotten in? And the same thing with Gary Sheffield, who, in my opinion, was one of the most intimidating hitters of his time. I, I talked to Chef about four or five days ago uh, to wish him good luck. And, you know, I think Chef, uh, it's not his body of work on the field. It's the fact that his name surfaced in the Balco, uh, in the Balco report and, and the Mitchell report and the Balco uh, incident. And I, I think with Andrew Jones, unlike Adrian Beltre, who was probably a – a little above all, all-star level early in his career. Once he got to Texas, man, this guy hit the accelerator. In his last 10 years of his career, he was phenomenal. Andrew Jones' first 10 years of his career were phenomenal, and then he kind of tailored out and pretty fast. And I think the tail end of what he, the way his career finished, is what's hurting him and. Lee, you bring up a great point. He's one of only four players to have 10 or more gold gloves and hit 400 or more home runs. Uh, King Griffey Jr., Willie Mays, and Michael Jack Smith are the other three, and they're all in Cooperstown. Andrew Jones, I think people are not giving him his just due as to how good of a player this guy was when he was rolling every year with that level of consistency. On the lighter side, did I read where your team just signed Joey Gallo, who I consider a strikeout machine? He, you got you got boom or bust with old Joey, <laughs> and he's got uh, he's got power, and we're taking a, a shot with that power. It's something that we needed in our lineup, and uh, there's been times where he's hit 40, and uh, we hope he can unlock that again. And we needed uh, we needed a left-handed bat to go and help us there at first base, DH, and he's available, and we took it. 
All right. Uh, on another subject, because you and I have had this conversation, uh, as you follow Alabama football and, and very uh, knee-deep in it as far as, you know, your love for the Crimson Tide, your thoughts on the new coach? Couldn't be happier. I, uh, I've sat here in my home, Tyler and I have had many conversations about, you know, when that time comes that Nick Saban would retire who would be the best guy? And uh, the two names that we kept coming up with were Lane Kiffin and DeBoer. And the more I watched Washington this year, the more I heard him speak, his his uh, offensive mind, just the way that he was grooming that team, and then ultimately they play for the championship. I think Alabama was extremely lucky to get this guy. And uh, I think there's a transition period that they will go through as a staff and he is a head coach. Um, you know what? You, you look at the portal and one or two guys left who were big contributors. But at the same time, I think you're going to see them continue to recruit and work the portal just like has been in the past. And uh, I think this this program is set up for a long time to have continued success and uh, he's going to make his own name but I think he's smart enough to utilize what has been built there for the past 17 years and continue to grow that and build that and Alabama football is in great hands. Hey Pedro Serrano I'm going to throw you a curveball real quick uh, Lee right. it, Lee is adamant against uh, PETA apparently he's against the ethical treatment of animals where do you stand on PETA jumping in on live mascots? Oh man, I, they, we're equating mascots now to live animals. I don't know. I, I the only Peter I was aware of was the kind my wife makes sandwiches out of. So I'm just going to stay with that. <laughs> so you just you just watched that. I, I threw you a softball, man, and you just watched it. You just watched it hit the catcher's glove, man. You just you just you froze. You froze. It, yeah, I, you know what? That's one of those controversies I don't need at 7 in the morning. I'm going to leave you all with that one. Well, don't worry, because Shervanian over here with his biting commentary has enough hot takes for the two of us. Dan, uh, we always appreciate you coming aboard. It's been too long. Hope you uh, and yours are all well, and uh, we look forward to doing it soon. You got it, guys. Have a great week. Thanks for having me. Uh, and for the record, I might have framed that uh, inaccurately. A little for, bit. For, for, you know, grins and giggles. We'll reset that whole topic of conversation. I mean, Lee does borrow a dog from time to time, so. Did I mischaracterize that one, too? Visit visitation rights. He has visitation rights every other weekend, most holidays. Scoreboard. Uh, traffic, weather, and scoreboard are coming up. We got to get you guys in involved on in the conversation. That's right. Our exclusive digital-only content continues right here on the Sports Station WNSP. This is Jordan Farley from the University of Alabama. You're listening to 105.5 WNSP. Roll Tide. boys and girls welcome back to our digital only special here on wnsp wnsp now mark i'm lee shervania and michael brauner uh we're with you to nine o'clock continue with your comments the app at wnsp.com mr brauner it appears ryan williams just recently tweeted yet again or posted <laughs> whatever we're calling it yeah it's uh 
you know, obsess over a 16-year-old's cryptic emoji tweet season. Tweeted out an hourglass, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Take that for whatever that means. So is it possible – and look, we've had Ryan on. Love him to death. Want nothing but the best for him. But I think guys get – I don't want to say addicted, but get drawn to the attention of this whole charade and circus. He's clearly canceled some trips, so he's narrowed it down. Either go on the trips or make a decision. I'm kind of, I'm, that's kind of where I'm at now. I know he wants to do it on his birthday, and I respect that. But I don't think he can sign until then, anyway. Though no, he can sign the early sign the. Uh, Signing periods before February 9th, isn't it? Am I wrong on that? It's I'm the first actually week, not sure. It's the first week in February. You could sign I, that first week. I, it's the Wednesday of the I first mean, week. I, I don't know what difference it really makes at that point, whether he signs a week early. You know? Very, you're know. Tr- you're right. It, it, we're just talking a couple days, really. Uh, yeah, it's not like he could, to your point, You know, say he made a decision today. It's not like he could sign tomorrow if he wanted to. Uh, someone said, uh, uh, <laughs> go ahead. Someone in the app said, uh, he sounds real tired, Mark. Glad fingers are in shape. Yeah. I'm okay. So I might've missed on that earlier take or, or now hear me out. Hear me out. Maybe he's just tired of going on all these trips, but he likes the attention. I don't know, but you're right. You, I, I might've missed on that one. Hey, not all of us can bat a thousand like Shervanian over here. I don't know. I mean, obviously, this recruitment has been center to our neck of the woods because he's from here, and you know it's taken over the recruiting news cycle. But you know, we've all seen him in person. You know, I it's it's because he is that good. So I I don't know. I it's a pretty consequential situation as to whether he goes to Alabama or Auburn. I, I mean, whether it's drawn out or not. It's not like he could sign tomorrow anyway. Uh, it's probably good that he delayed that early signing because he'd be in the transfer portal right now had Nick Saban retired after he signed. And maybe not. Maybe DeBoer could have kept him. But like I said yesterday, I think Alabama's in a, as good or better of a spot now than they were you know, a month ago. I, I, I stand by that statement. We, we, you and I commented on that. Uh, what's today? I think we said that on Monday's show. I thought we felt like there is Alabama's is in good a shape as I think you could be under these circumstances yeah. for Ryan Williams. Uh, then you know, so I, I'm with you. Um, all right, and if you talk to Auburn fans, they say just the opposite. I I, I do. Yeah. I, I, when I talk to them, they tell me just the opposite of what you say, and you both went well, to Alabama. Well, I don't know how going to Alabama has. I'm just being to say faci- I'm being facetious on that one. Okay, so. I do think Auburn was trending heavily weeks ago. I think that's cooled off a little bit. I'm not saying they're they're trending the wrong way. I just think that it was hot and heavy Auburn for a long time there. Uh, so I do think there, you know, I do think there's something there for sure. But I do think that's been tempered a little bit. And I and I wonder too. Look, and I I wish him the best. I think the story is getting a little long let's say in the tooth um i wonder if there what factors now true factors in his consideration is it just the nil 
I mean, playing time will not be a problem anywhere he goes, I wouldn't think. Uh, 728, we come back. I guess we'll talk to you guys. And we're going to try to catch up with David Morris of QB Country. Stay with us right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Welcome back in. The opening kickoff continues right here on your digital-only special presentation. In just a few minutes, we'll be talking with David Morris, QB Country. He's working with some Senior Bowl quarterbacks. Speaking about the Senior Bowl this week, and of course, next week, we get heavy into Senior Bowl coverage because the coaches and players will be arriving over the weekend. Our coverage at the Convention Center Thanks to our title sponsor, Chevis Furniture, we'll be on Monday through Thursday from the convention center, hopefully joined by a number of senior bowlers. And then in the afternoon show, they'll be on from three to six. And you can catch interviews also with Corey and Nick from many of the senior bowl football players in town. There's going to be well over 120 of them. And it will certainly be worthwhile listening to WNSP to catch up on what's going on. Do want to thank presenting sponsors like Greer's Markets and Cash Saver, D&K Suit Discounters, Joe Bullard Chevrolet, and Rich's Car Wash. All right. Uh, at some point today, we'll get back. Uh, or we, we have to talk some uh, Alabama and Auburn basketball. Those two teams meet up at, uh, tonight, so it should be a good one. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll get to that here in just a little bit. We are going to turn our attention to some Senior Bowl coverage here. And we'll get back to Lee's stance on PETA. Basically, you you know you misinterpret a lot of what I say, <laughs> or at least no, no I, I shouldn't say that. You understand? You just try to draw it out. All I'm saying is that they they only the only time they come to come seem to come out nationally is when something like the story about Uga Ten yeah. passing away and claiming that the dog was mistreated. My point is, I asked the question. I don't know the answer. What does PETA do other than coming out when there's a national headline about an animal? And by that, I mean, look, I, I, don't, I don't doubt that Uga Ten, who passed away, was given royal treatment, like royalty on campus or wherever, and that he was given the best of attention. What about all the abused animals? What about we see all these commercials about, you know, adopting dogs? What is PETA doing there? Do they ever have fundraisers to help? Do they ever do, go you know, extra mile? If they do, they're not publicizing it. But I'd like to know if they do do that. I, I'm sure there must be something that they must do to help where it really matters, not with Ugga Ten or Bevo or, you know, the buffalo at Colorado. And that's where they seem to put a lot of their um, – uh, ranting how about what are they doing they they always seem so negative what are they doing positive that's what i want to know PETA works and this is just a guess but yep. PETA works through public education investigative news gathering and reporting research animal rescue legislation special events celebrity involvement and protest campaigns but i'm just spitball i'm just guessing i'm just guessing 
I mean, you know what's sad? When I'll come down Dolphin Street and I'll see a dog running around, Mark, you know, in, in the dark at night. And then you, you pass and see dogs, you know, laying. They've been hit by cars and things. So, you know, it's one thing to, you know, speak out when something that you disagree with. But how about what you're doing in a positive nature? Are we ready to go with uh, David? We yeah, are. We are. Good. David Morris, QB Country. <laughs> what a switch, huh? <laughs> Talk about the Senior Bowl. And as usual, whenever the Senior Bowl, Dave's working with the cream of the crop. David, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? Hey, Lee. I'm good. How are you? Good, good, good. What are you, uh, who are you working with this week? Um, yeah, so we have uh, we got Bo Nix in, in town and then Carter Bradley from South Alabama and Drake May uh, from North Carolina. Yeah, Mel Kuyper's got uh, Drake May is the, uh, well, top three for sure going in the uh, the NFL draft. And let me ask you, to, uh, we, we had Carter Bradley on yesterday. What can you tell us uh, what you're working with with Bo Nix about and also Drake May and maybe uh, compare and contrast their styles? Yeah, I mean, both those guys are, you know, really, really good uh, players and had incredible careers. And, um and both those guys have, you know, a really bright future and, and uh, guys that are athletic enough to extend plays, and, uh, but they can play from the pocket. And, and, you know, and obviously Carter can too. So just a really, really talented bunch. I'm lucky to be with them. So, David, um, for those that you don't work with normally but you kind of take on new clients, whether it be Senior Bowl week or whatever, how much film do you watch of those guys to prepare for those guys coming to you so that you can kind of lay out a plan and, and, and do like a long-term deal with them? Yeah, we, we watch a ton of film. Um, so we'll watch all their games uh, or try to watch as many of their games in their career, you know, junior year, senior year as we can. You know, really just trying to find tendencies and yeah. make sure that they're they're aware of um, kind of their – uh, moments where you know maybe there was uh, good plays that happened or bad plays that happened, and and uh, so that's part of it, and, and really trying to make sure they can recall their year and and really know how to communicate uh, their offense, and then and then we're watching you know all of our training film where we're, you know these guys that we're working we're throwing you know three or four days a week and really trying to dissect mechanics and, and little ways where we can get better and so that that's that's always fun because you know you're dealing with guys that are uber talented but but there's still room for improvement and and so that's a big focus and then you're watching nfl film trying to break down and look at you know nfl defense and um and also trying to learn from some of the, the best quarterbacks in the world David Morris from QB Country. Do they do these quarterbacks come to you with a game plan and ask you, "I where I need help on this or that," or you, or do you make the suggestions as to where they can improve? Yeah, it's both, right? I mean, all these guys that we have uh, down here are, are eager and they're students of the game, and so you know they, they. But they're also very self-aware and they know how they can grow and get better and they know how they can uh, improve and so and then you know obviously a big part of it is is the the give and the receive of it all and and then the the kind of the the communication of it all and that's really you know you got a guy every day for three months um that's that really should be the environment you know like this this eager environment to uh, to continue 
education and to continue um, getting better and to continue making you know little small changes that can really influence and uh, impact your growth and your future. So yeah, it's it's a it's a really intense but 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 fun uh, time of year for for us. In this time of year, when these guys come to you, how much? Do you do any what I would call NFL prep as far as how these guys interact with GMs and potential agents? Do you do you, do you mosey into that? I mean, obviously, a lot of these guys are so good in front of the camera already. We have Carter Bradley on a lot here at WNSP. Bo Nix is very well seasoned in front of a camera. Do you get into any of that with these guys, or is it just strictly about between the lines and technique? No, we do a lot. You know, we don't do media training per se. Uh, but we do a lot of. Um, uh, hang on one sec. I'm uh, I'm, at, I'm at school drop off. Sorry. That's all right. But um, so we we don't do media training. Those guys are schooled up on that. You know they're they, they know how to. You know talk in front of a camera. We do interview prep and we do mock interviews and we also do wonderlick. We also you know we'll, we'll do play presentation and and you know kind of presenting their offense. So it's a lot. I mean. There's so much that goes into it, and at the same token, you want to make sure that, you know, they know how to present their offense, uh, and then, you know, it's also okay to say, hey, you know, I don't know the answer to that, you know, at some point, you know, what, whether it be uh, a detail of, a, of protection rules or, um, you know, or something that, 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 that was presented to them by NFL personnel that they can't quite recall, I mean, it's okay, right, these, these kids are human. But then on the mock interview part, I mean, it's just kind of getting them ready for hard questions or different questions, um, and, and, and while simultaneously just being authentic and, and being yourself, and because that's really all that matters is can these guys, you know, in, in a small time frame, communicate their personality and communicate um, their style of playing quarterback, but also like you know, leading and, and communicating inside a locker room and. Uh, you know, in a short period of time, because because interviews and uh, whether it be at the combine or senior bowl or uh, or, or even team um, kind of visits, it, all this all these these interactions are somewhat brief when you think about the impact of of what's going on and, and potentially them being you know on a team and, and leading the franchise. So there's a lot that goes into it, and it's really fun because it is so holistic, and we get into uh, inspiration and leadership, and we get into um, uh, you know the mental game as well. It, it, and I believe that we we have enough time every day to do that. So we, really, looking back, you don't want to say, "Man, we really could have could have spent more time in, in this domain of, of development." And, you know, and so we're really trying to hit everything. David Morris from QB Country. David, you're certainly very acquainted with the Senior Bowl. You're working with Bo, who is coming, but Drake May's in town, but he is not going to compete. I wanted to get your opinion on how important you think a senior bowl is for a quarterback in this case, because not just on the field, but off the field, we talked about the interviews and getting ready for that interview process. If you think maybe like in the case of a Drake may a, a senior bowl appearance, maybe helps them. Yeah. Yeah. So Drake's not playing. And uh, so, you know, he wouldn't be making an appearance, uh, but but Bo and Carter are playing, and, and it's a huge opportunity. Um, we were with we were with Philip Rivers yesterday, and um, you know that's the Senior Bowl is where the Chargers fell in love with Philip Rivers, and 
you know, that, that impacts him going number two overall in the draft, uh, you know, 20 years ago or whatever it was. So, I mean, the Senior Bowl is, is an incredible opportunity because they get time with decision makers and personnel people and, and staff. And so, like I just said, like so much of this process is of, uh, you know, rushing to try to make your best assumption on who you think this guy is, you know, this quarterback that, again, could be leading your franchise, uh, you know, and your job's on the line with these guys. And um, so you get a couple days with them. What an incredible opportunity uh, in this sprint, right, uh, for, for, for teams to get to know people. And I'll tell you this about Bo and Carter. They're going to they'll, they'll light it up next week. They both look better than they've ever looked. And, um, and, and, and just from a standpoint of uh, being ready for the week, I think, I think hey, I'm really excited to, to see those guys compete and, uh, and make strong impressions next week. We had Carter Bradley on yesterday, David. I'd like to get your thoughts on Carter moving forward to the NFL. Where do you think he stands right now? What needs to be done? Because, we, you know, we'd love to see him get drafted and everything. We, we were really, you know, uh, the fact that he was able to do so much for South Alabama. Obviously, he doesn't have the name of Bo Nix or Drake May, but where does he stand right now in all of this? He's, he's an incredible uh, person, and he's an, uh, I think he's got an incredible future. I think he's a longtime NFL guy. I really do. Uh, first of all, he has the talent and the arm to do it. He, he you know, he's proven it. You know, um, the last two years at South Alabama, he can play at a high level. He, he's a pocket guy, but he's very athletic. Uh, you know, athletic enough to really escape and make and make plays with his feet. He's not going to be Lamar Jackson running around out there. Um, but he's not going to run around as much as let's say Bo Nix. But but he can really play. I think Carter gets drafted in middle rounds. I really do. Uh, you know, fourth to sixth round is what I would guess, and I think he'll have a long career. You know, his dad's the D coordinator for the for the Colts, and he was a head coach for the Jaguars and all that. I think all those relationships matter, but not only that, he knows what to expect. You know, he knows. Um, you know, he kind of knows what the NFL is. So, so he's he's in a position to, I think, um, you know, to to, to have a, a have a, a really strong process and particularly a strong Senior Bowl week. I've asked you this question before. I'm going to ask it on the lighter side. When are you going to be on the Manning cast? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, good question. Yeah. Um, those, guys, those guys are getting <laughs> – if they, if they got to get me on, then, then there's they're, uh, something wrong in the entertainment business. So I would imagine they can find better guests than, than this guy. But, uh, the, yeah, I, I love that show. And um, – such a such a neat thing they're doing. They're scared, man. They know you know, right? You know all the good stuff, all the stories, all the college stories. They don't want that stuff aired. That's man. <laughs> we know. Yeah, yeah. I could, I could definitely, I could definitely, you know, uh, get them some clicks if I were to uh, <laughs> open my mouth. No, I'm kidding. Those guys are are pros, and um, look, they've redefined. Monday Night Football, and they, in a way, they're they're redefining media, and yeah. they're just very hardworking and very authentic, and 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 uh, and very um, likable, and you know what they're doing, and you know after football, really is if you think about it, it's amazing. So, 
I couldn't be more happy for Eli and Peyton, and um, they're so good to me, and and uh, they're close friends, and and you know, particularly Eli, you know, just somebody that uh, you know that I was able to learn so much from that that we apply uh, to to our everyday kind of teaching and all that. And really, the number one thing with Eli is just obviously he's he's incredibly talented, but the thing that people maybe miss is there's there's two other qualities there, and one is he he's not going to be outworked and and there's not one person that I know uh that's more humble than than Eli Manning and he has a personality and he's funny and all that but that guy is uh, uh more humble than than about anybody I know and and that's uh that's part of the reason for his his success well, uh, we can't thank you enough, uh, David, not only for coming on today, but uh, supporting local high school sports here, football specifically, during our high school game days. Uh, before I let you go, though, tell folks, because that's kind of your bread and butter. This is how it all started. For those that uh, have kids that might be interested in learning more about the position, how can they go about doing it at QB Country? Yeah, thanks, Mark. Man, you hit it. I mean, <clears throat> I love I love the field. I love a ball I've, since I was a kid. That's, that's what I've, you know, that was my first love is, is just a ball in the hand running around. And so I, I'm lucky I get to do that for a living and uh, it doesn't make any sense sometimes when I think about it, but uh feel fortunate to, to do it. Our predominant business is high school, middle school training. Uh, you know, we, we've been fortunate to have a lot of good ones cross our path, uh, but, but ultimately, you know, whether it be, Carter Bradley or, 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 or Bo Nix or, or Drake May, we've trained these guys for a long, long time, re- literally dating back to, to middle school in most cases. Uh, and so that, that's where it's at for us. We're not chasing stars and we're not chasing, you know, um, great players. We're, we're hopefully helping develop them. And uh, that's our model. We're in it for the long game. Yeah, you can reach out um, to us at, at, uh, at our webpage, qbcountry.com. We have, a, we have an incredible camp. We, only, we do one camp a year, and it's with the Senior Bowl, and that's, uh, that is uh, Senior Bowl weekend. So, so next week, February, I think it's first, second, and third, there's still probably uh, an opening or two for, um, I think it's sixth grade through 11th grade. I, I, would, I would encourage anybody who wants to play quarterback to, to be a part of that event, and um, there's still some, some space there. But appreciate you guys having me on, and uh, – Hopefully we can uh, get some of this rain out of the way for, for Senior Bowl week. Facts. Hey, man, thanks so much. We'll be in touch. Appreciate it, David. We'll talk soon. Thanks. Yep. All right, that's David Morris of QB Country. As we continue with our Senior Bowl coverage, thanks to Chavez Furniture, our title sponsor. Our coverage will continue throughout the week and into next week when we hit the convention center. Number of folks to thank uh, for uh, sponsoring our coverage of the Senior Bowl, including Pat's Industrial and Auto Supply, Gulf Coast Mortgage Solutions, our good friend Roy Hudson and Community Bank, Ronnie Lee's Automotive, uh, B&B Appliance, McDonald's Barnes' family, and, of course, Dixie Supply. Thank you guys for everything that you do to make our coverage possible. We'll come back, wrap up our number two of a three-hour edition of our special digital-only episode of the opening kickoff. Stay with us. Hey, this is Slick Willie Shaw from the world-famous Harlem Globetrotters. You're listening to Sports Radio WNSP 105.5 FM. All right, ladies and gentlemen, 7.53 here on a, well, kind of 
dreary and miserable out there. But hey, we're indoors here and exclusive content for our listeners in the app. You're always saying we don't do anything for you. <laughs> this show for you. Didn't even have a chance to mention it, though, in the headlines, but the uh, Pro Football Writers Association naming their rookies of the year. Will Anderson, the former Alabama uh, edge rusher, has been named, and his Houston Texans teammate, C.J. Stroud, on offense. Uh, I think that's kind of rare when you get two from the same team that are voted the best offense and defensive rookies of the year. Hmm. How about that? Uh, hey, there's a, there's a little basketball game going on in the state tonight. 7.30, right? Uh, as far as tip-off? I believe that is... Uh, 6.30? 6.30. The tip-off, though, is it pregame? What time is the pregame tonight? Oh, you're saying on WNS? Well, then it'd be at 5.30, but the game yeah, is the at game 6.30. Yeah, the game is at 6.30. It's 6.30 tonight. All right, so I was looking at Eastern time then. Great. That means I get to see all of it. <laughs> That's a that's a early. Usually you start like at six or at eight. That's the way it's planned out. But that is really surprising that you get like a half hour there instead of the uh, top of the hour. By the way, uh, our, our Mr. Z guy yesterday, Kentucky. Yeah. Didn't exactly show up. Three points. Three points in ten minutes. Kentucky lost. Hey, South so Carolina. I was going to ask you who you like, Bronner, but I realized I, I got to phrase it differently when we're talking about Al- Alabama. Who do you think is going to win tonight? Interesting. Uh, I think the line is Alabama by three and a half at home. So it's gone up. I think it opened at two and a half yesterday. Did, yeah. Yeah. We talked about this in the app a little bit yesterday. I, my guess was that Alabama was going to be a slight favorite. Uh, more th- The line opened up bigger than I thought it would. Uh, Auburn has won. 10 times in history in Coleman Coliseum, I believe is the number, which is hard to believe. Uh, and like three of those wins have come under Bruce Pearl. All that being said, I, I mean, there's no doubt that Auburn's the better team and probably a particularly bad matchup for Auburn, consider or for Alabama, considering, you know, they have good big men. Alabama struggled with them all year. I don't know. I, I think it uh, could be a wacky game where. Alabama. It's going to be like a f- within five, I think. Most of the, let's see, I think the last eight games or so, I'm sorry, last ten games, like eight of them have been decided by eight points or less, something yeah. like that. thing about Alabama, they got to cut down on their turnovers, okay? Mm. Because Auburn, if, if there's one, well, many things they're doing well, but one of them is protecting the basketball. It was rare to see him go over ten turnovers the other day and still win as big as they did against Ole Miss. The other thing, of course, with Auburn, and again, I'm not saying this is going to weigh into it or not because, you know, Alabama playing at home, and I'm, I'm guessing they're going to have a, a sellout crowd there, and I wonder how much of it will be Auburn fans who can't get tickets to go to Neville Arena and maybe get tickets to Coleman Coliseum. But again, you know, does, does Auburn wear you down with their rotation? Nobody plays more than 22, 23 minutes. They constantly change on the fly. Uh, their second team is probably as good as their first team. Does that factor into it? Or does Alabama come out, hit their threes, get back on defense, and not turn the ball over? You know, these are all key factors in the game. I'm not surprised that Alabama's the favorite because, as Jerry Palm pointed out yesterday, Auburn has not beaten a, a quad one team this year, and I believe and Alabama is a quad one team. Yeah, it'd be a nice win for Auburn's resume. I mean, they've won 11 games in a row, all by double digits. Uh, Of course, Auburn fans think they're 
being disrespected. They're a top 10 team. I don't know what they want. But all that being said, uh, yeah, like I said, Auburn's the better team. I mean, Alabama shot 19% in Knoxville from three. It's just not a winning recipe, especially when you're turning the ball over 22 times. Uh, so I'm inclined to think Auburn should win tonight. But, yeah, it's at Coleman Coliseum. They've won 10 times there ever. And I think it's going to be a closer game than many people think. What about you, Mark? Um, You're our basketball guy. I'm your basketball guy? I don't know if I'm your basketball I guy. Coach, CYO official coach with championships galore. <sighs> I need to put you on my PR team. I'm here. Cause that and I work cheap. That means, As uh, you know, I work cheap. <laughs> that whole CYO uh, uh got to start somewhere, yeah. Mark. you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm more interested in see how this whole Iron Bowl trophy presentation plays out. Boy, and what a Nick way to Saban, skip past and, and the and question. Will, and will Nick Saban make an appearance? And who I don't like, think he'll be there. I don't think he'll who be there. Who do you like either. in the game tonight? I like Auburn to win this game. You know what? Alabama's going to win tonight. Okay. By two. Ooh, a barn burn. Yeah. I hope you're right, for your sake, because I'm writing this down. Go ahead. See, if you're right, then you're just a great basketball mind. If you if you're wrong, you're just an Auburn, I mean an, Al an Auburn hater, an Alabama homer. Yeah, I I'm think you're, I, th I think you're good with either. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think I'm a homer. <laughs> homers never think they're homers. <laughs> That's why they're homers. Excuse me. Don't. Hour number three is next. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM, WNSP, and on the Sound of Mobile app. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim, Lee Shervanian, and Michael Brauner. The opening kickoff. Here are Mark, Lee, and Michael. Hey, it's 8.04. All you digital listeners out there, this exclusive show for you. It's the opening kickoff. Mark, Lee, and Bronner right here on the sports station WNSP. Well, we had a good lead in uh, talking about Alabama and Auburn meeting on the court tonight. Uh, 6.30 start with the pregame at 5.30 and calling the shots for Alabama tonight. Our good friend uh, Chris Stewart with the Alabama Radio Network and the Alabama Sportscaster of the Year. Good morning, Chris. How are you today? Guys, I'm good. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I appreciate you joining us. Thanks to uh, Dex Imaging. So uh, we were just talking about the game tonight. Give us your preview of the game. What you see as far as the matchup between these two teams? Uh, we, we can talk about Bama shooting and um, uh, all sorts of things. But it gets down to can Alabama match the toughness that Auburn will bring because they are a they're a highly skilled team. They they can shoot it well. They are able to score in a lot of places. They play good defense. But Auburn's tough, and Alabama's got to be able to match that. They have done so at times with teams. They did not do it in the last game from the get go against Tennessee, and that's why they trailed throughout the, the bulk of that ball game and ultimately about 20-plus, they've got to be able to match the physicality that Auburn and the intensity that Auburn's going to bring to the game. If they do, they've got a really good chance of winning the ball game. 
if they don't, they've got a real good chance of getting embarrassed at home. You know, Chris, I, I don't know what, what's going on in the box office, but if there's ever a game that just reeked out that this should be a sellout, I would think tonight's game should be. Yeah, I would think so, too. But normally it is. I mean, Alabama fans turn out for this game, and it's, um, you know, there, there's always a lot of talk about the, the football rivalry, natural, and, um, you know, whether or not it's, you know, do you get the trophy at, at halftime and all that stuff. Well, this team has sold out even in Tuscaloosa when Bama did not happen to win the football game. So um, this one generally stands on its own, and especially now given the fact that the two teams are as talented as they are. Auburn's obviously a highly ranked squad, but Alabama's a talented team that has been ranked as well. And with what this means, I would be very surprised if uh, this thing is not at capacity or very close to it. And that being said, I think, uh, you know, going out on a limb, no matter who wins, I would think, even though Auburn's been beating people up pretty good by double digits, the past history of this series the last couple of years has basically been uh, single-digit games won by either school. Yeah, I mean, look, it's, it's truly since Bruce has been there, uh, a war. There have been a couple of exceptions, but not many. And this is a game that I fully expect to go down to the wire. And and hopefully being at home is where Alabama can have an advantage but also can find a way to finish ball games that they have struggled in uh, in similar situations. They've been right there with top ten teams in quite a few matchups this year but they've not been able to finish the job. That's something Nate Oates talked about yesterday in his press conference and and hopeful, obviously, that this is a time where Alabama can get over the hump and finish one off. Chris Stewart joining us, uh, thanks to Dex Imaging. So I mentioned earlier in the show, you know, about the resurgence of basketball on the college level in the state, thanks to the coaches that have been brought in, Nate Oates and, of course, Bruce Pearl, and what it means. And yesterday I was looking at the McDonald's All-America team. There are three players on that team that are coming to this state, two for Alabama, one for Auburn, which I think speaks volumes. Yeah, Alabama's got two that that are going to be in the – in the game at Auburn, I guess, has one, but it's, you know, it, it's something that had not happened very frequently. It happened a few times in Alabama's history, but Coach Oates has done an incredible job, and his staff uh, have done an incredible job recruiting. They've brought in great talent. They've done a lot of good things with it, and hopefully this will be a continuation of that. But, yeah, it's great to get the national notoriety and recognition for for your players, but for your program as well. And, um uh, Look, man, it's it's an exciting thing. Look, you, you can win without high-profile players, but you got a whole lot better chance of getting it done with them. So uh, Darian Reed and Aiden Shirell are, uh, are two guys that come in with um, a lot of accolades. Bama's got uh, – I guess Bama's one of five schools in the nation that have got two McDonald's All-Americans now, Duke, Kentucky, North Carolina, and surprisingly even Rutgers, but Alabama – is one of those, and I, I think it's the second time under Coach Oates that two uh, signees will be playing in it. The last time was 2022 when Jaden Bradley and Brandon Miller played in the event, and 1981 wow. was the other time that Bama had two, uh, Bobby Lee Hurt, Ennis Watley, those two, and for those of us that, you know, I don't remember a ton of details. I just know Bobby Lee and Enemo as he was called, could play with anybody. And that was a heck of a pickup for uh, for Wimp, I believe, and 
I don't think you would see him Newton still as head coach. I think it was Wimp and unbelievable uh, teams that he would have during that stretch. And um, Alabama's, you know, having some similar success. I don't think it's all about the plaid, but it is ironic that uh, the men in plaid have, have done pretty well, Wimp and now uh, Nate Oates. Chris Stewart, our guest here on WNSP, dropping some knowledge here on us. All right, so speaking of knowledge, uh, I got a two-part trivia question for you. Uh, and because right. I'm me, you will win absolutely nothing if you get it right. But yeah. here it is. You ready? I'll deserve it. All right. I'll deserve it. But go ahead. Who said the following, and who was this person referring to when he said it? I quote, mm. it is his world, and we're just living in it, baby. I think that's the idiot that does play-by-play for Alabama basketball. <laughs> I'll give you partial. I'll give you partial credit for that because you're not you're not entirely wrong there. But who was he talking about? Uh, he was talking about Riley Griffin. There you was, go. Uh, I think he also said was red smoking hot at the time. He <laughs> made something like four threes in a in a fairly uh, recent span, and it, it was really cool to see too because that was a game uh, where. Mark Sears didn't get to play a ton because yeah. he was hurt. Uh, he, he rolled the ankle in that, I think it was Missouri, right? Wasn't it the Missouri game? Uh, and yeah. he, um, you know, you needed some scoring. You needed, when you didn't have your leading score out there, you needed somebody else to, to pick up the slack. And he was not the only one, but man, he got as hot as anybody. And as hot as I've seen him shoot the basketball, it was. Uh, it was really fun to watch, and, and you kind of get caught up in the moment and the crowd, and, and it was a fun time. Chris, you've seen some really good basketball teams around the nation due to Alabama's schedule. I know it's tough to evaluate based on who's playing at home, who's playing on the road, uh, unless they face a neutral site. But how would you rank Tennessee with some of the uh, teams that you've seen, like Arizona? I think you did the Creighton yeah. game, too, and, and maybe watch Purdue. And how does Tennessee, they're the only, uh, well, they're one of two SEC schools in the top ten, although Kentucky may drop out after losing yesterday. But how does Tennessee rank yeah. with schools like that? Yeah, I think Tennessee on their best nights is as good as anybody. And I think that, that goes for a lot of teams. Now, look, at the time Bama faced Arizona, they had been number one a week earlier. Their only loss had been at that time to Purdue, who had previously been ranked number one and I think still is top five at the moment. Um, they are – they played really, really good competition. And those teams, when they're off, are beatable, just like anybody else. But Tennessee and the version of them that we saw – the other day in, in Knoxville when they got after it from the start and got into Alabama defensively and, and, and played well, shot it well, they're as, they're as good as anybody. They really are. They've got size. They've got depth. They've got the ability to score inside or, uh, or from the perimeter and can also play with pace if they need to. So uh, I think they're a very, very dangerous team that – that Rick Barnes has put together, and um, they're going to be very much a factor not only in the SEC, but I think the national championship picture as well. When you look ahead to tonight's game between Alabama and Auburn, and again the pregame starts at 5.30, tip-off at 6.30, 
Does that enter into the equation, at least privately, the fact that Alabama has played at least, uh, what, four teams that were at one time or another ranked in the top ten? Well, look, Nate Oates talked about it yesterday in his press conference, and what he said is we played well against great teams. We hadn't beaten anybody yet. It's time to, you know, it's time to play somebody that's great, play them well, but get over the hump. And he had a uh, – I'm trying to find it because I don't want to – I don't want to just summarize if I can avoid it. But, yeah, Nick Kelly from the Tuscaloosa News tweeted it out, the, the quote from Nate Oates in the press conference. said, quote, I'm still trying to figure out, are we a competitive group that does what it takes to win, or do we just got a lot of really talented players that fold when they're in the middle of tough games against good teams? I'm not sure yet. I hope we've got some competitive guys. And, you know, that's calling out your, that's calling out your players. Finish. Find a way to finish. you got to work hard to get in position, but you got to be tough to finish, and hopefully we'll find out that's who they are, and they can do that again against a very tough, physical, talented, and dangerous Auburn team. Chris, no, it's going to be a busy night for you, man. Really appreciate you spending some time with us, as always. Enjoy the game, and uh, we look forward to catching up with you next week. Hey, I'll, you know, guys, I appreciate you all, and appreciate Dax making it possible, and look forward to visiting next week. Absolutely. Take care. We'll be listening. Thank you much. Yep. You got it. That's Chris Stewart, ladies and gentlemen. 815, want to let you know, uh, scoreboard traffic and weather coming. And, of course, we'll talk to you on what has become a show specifically designed for you and the app. That's right. Our exclusive digital content continues right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. Uh, this is Tim Brando of Fox Sports telling everyone along the Gulf Coast in Mobile, listen to the opening kickoff with Mark and Lee on 105.5 WNSP. right here on a special Wednesday edition. Thanks for making us part of your morning. It's the opening kickoff. Uh, You guys can jump in. 694-1055. We've covered a lot of stuff. Ryan Williams uh, has decided he's not taking the Texas trip. Uh, Alabama-Auburn basketball tonight. PETA is really... I mean, Trevanian's got PETA in in his targets. He's going after him. He's sick and tired of all of it. Thinks it's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't appreciate all this PETA slander. And, and I'm and I'm calling for a ban on Roman numerals above. Tell me what PETA does 10. well. All they do is criticize. So well, what? I'm a member of PETA. You know that, Lee? I did not know that. People eating tasty animals. I see what he did there. Is it? Yeah, I see that. Do you uh, have to pay a fee to join? Uh, yeah. You can send the check. Is this like saving the whales? I remember back when, when my son was in high school or something, he brought. He, he, you had to pay, and you joined. It was some kind of saving somebody. Uh, I forgot what. Oh, manatees. It was saving the manatees. Oh. And I think we had to dole out some money to just like save the manatee. The uh, the cow of the sea. You told <laughs> you you, you doled out money for that. What was it now? The cow of the sea. I didn't. I didn't realize that that was that. Uh, yeah, it's a big problem. So did you did you hit by boats and stuff? Yeah. Did you donate to, to I, save the manatees? I, 
he, he I don't remember if we had to pay some money to join for him to join. I, I it, it was a school project, I think. I mean, it just goes back so long ago. We're talking about what the 80s or 90s. So, you know, it's way way back. It's way out of my memory bank, but yeah, I remember Save the Manatees. He was involved with it. Mm. Are they getting hit by boats now? I, I think that was the thing before, but Peter doesn't uh, concern itself with the sea, though, does it? It's just on land. I I don't know. Uh, I don't. I, I they're think, not involved with the whales. No, I, I mean I don't see why their love of animals is bound by land or sea. You know, by I, geography. Yeah, I think it's both. I don't know. We got to get this Peter guy on. I mean, I could get him. How it do would they be feel the, about? It wouldn't shark, be the first time. How do they we feel about on. shark attacks? Well, you can't answer, but I'd, we'd ask somebody from Peter. Like, what do you mean? Well, I mean, are they going to praise the shark for defending itself? I mean, I think against vicious intimidation and attacks. Yeah, all like jokes, a, all like jokes a, aside, a nine-year-old person goes in the water and the shark attacks him. You're going to defend the shark? All jokes aside, I'm not joking about thing. it. I'm, I'm wondering what, you know, what does? I, again, I'll raise the question. The only time we hear from them is when a school mascot something happens. I think once you get into a shark's domain, you're kind of. Well, the, signing the, over. Well, you could say that about any <laughs> anything in the sea, right? That it's their domain. I right? I, I kind of tend to agree. I'm not gonna. So we should be. What we need to get rid of sharks now? So it's illegal to go in the water. No, it's you. I think you just enter at your own risk. Okay. All I'm asking is, tell me what Peter does in a positive vein. That's all I'm asking. It's one thing to knock. Uh, a ten passing away and accuse George of mal- mistreating, which I doubt. I just want to know what they do to help. Let me get the actual quote that was sent to me in an email from our fine folks at PETA. Can they say, and I quote, The winningest mascot in UJ's history was born to lose. Since like all breathing impaired breeds, he suffered from debilitating deformities such as an unnaturally shortened nose and airway that left him panting and gasping for air particularly in the sweltering southern heat. PETA is calling on the the university to end its live mascot program and to stop exploiting these victims of cruel breeding practices before another bulldog suffers and dies on its watch. You know what, Michael? When you go to Dallas, if you're going to Arlington or Dallas for the SEC, don't you want to hear Kirby Smart respond to that? I would like someone to ask him that, yeah. You know, WNSP's got themselves a little bit of a, a reputation now at SEC Media Days for outlandish and viral type questions i think we ought to keep this one in the back pocket and when kirby steps to the podium to be clear i did not ask an outlandish question did you ask any questions he, he did he I takes asked kirby smart a question i asked lane kiffin a question i didn't get one into saban did you get a good answer he did yeah from both we talked about this yesterday we did he uh he got a good he got a good one so I'm just saying. Well, well, then I'll get. Well, you can only ask the question. I think you're. I think you're yeah, limited okay, to that 60 was seconds of question. So I'll, I'll get. I'll get Nick to answer. Yeah, that was it. yesterday. Well, this is strictly a digital show, so. Yeah, it's a good point. And someone suggests that we need to spice up our language since we're digital only. I'll tell you, that's, that's a possibility. You we know, the do that. one time I drop an f bomb on yeah, this show, right. it'll go. The, the the tower will come back and. You and Corso. It'll then be a two-man show. I'll tell you, Lee. Todd Helton, man. He did nothing but pad stats in that thin Colorado air for 15 years. Well taken. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with you. 
Uh, was that your way of trying to stir things up? I tried. Yeah, and he agreed with you. Yeah, he I had 2,500 hits and good away stats. You, know so. you need to know how to push hit this guy's buttons. It's all about Peter. I thought that would work. He does really. Do you even remember him? Yeah. He hasn't been retired for all that long. I guess, well, 10 years. I mean, he was a very good baseball player, but I don't think I would have voted the Hall of Fame. Hey, when we come back, I want to mention uh, Senior Bowl was well represented at the uh, City Council meeting. We'll tell you what that was all about when we come back real quick. And, of course, you guys can jump in, 694-1055. That's the number to get us in our exclusive digital content here on a Wednesday. It's the opening kickoff. digital only and while I, we, we're probably not going to spice up the language as much as as tempting as that is how far can you go with words before it crosses the line though like how many what what i know carlin did the old seven dirty words thing but are we desensitized to some of those can we revise you ever that listen list? to the mcafee show they they crossed the line yeah i mean i don't think I don't think we even come close to crossing the line. I don't. I'm not going to speak for you and Bronner. Like, would you get nervous? Like, you know, I'm talking to the wrong group here, but I think uh, uh, what's his name in the Avengers said he got all all he surprised. Shut the front door. Like, if I if I throw one of those at you, or you know, Bill Murray and goes mother pus bucket. Like, I you know, is that as close as we get to the whole thing? I'm old school. I, I go by the old school. I I would not I would not say anything like any use those kind of words on the air. Have you ever used the F word? No. Never. Oh, wait, wait, on the air? No, not on the air, just in general. All right. To be honest. Be yes. honest. Yes. Is that the worst in, expletive you've in, ever used? In the car by myself <laughs> when things occur in the last week. And yesterday. Yeah, oh really? <laughs> yes. Uh when things happen on the road where somebody disgusts me by doing something like not signaling or cutting me off or something like so that. So you, you use it as a noun like you. Yeah. Do you throw a mom in front? I'm no different you. than any of you guys. You do the same thing. Oh, I freely admit. But I yeah, will I don't say this. Not to. Yeah, okay, but I will say this. I and correct if somebody out there. I try never to cuss in public. Mm. Now, private in my car. Things don't go well at home. I'm the only one there. Yes. But as far as public. So you curse to yourself. Yes. And is it cursing or cussing? I've never understood the I've never understood the concept or. of the word cuss. I think either or is acceptable. Hmm. <laughs> By the way, you going to join me next week down at the convention center, I hope? Uh, unless unless this show is now going over the airwaves. Viral. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you coming down? I think so. Well, I hope you uh, contribute. Uh, well, there's a first time for everything. Yeah, I want to uh, contributing as Chavis Furniture because they're going to be our title sponsor. Yeah, Chavis Furniture, thank you. Uh, Michael will be rounding up all those senior bowlers for us one after another. 
Also uh, presenting sponsors like Greer's Markets, D&K Suit Discounters. How about Joe Bullard, Chevrolet? Uh, Joe himself, a very fine football player in his day, went to Tulane. And Rich's Car Wash. And like I said, I could use a Rich's Car Wash today. Uh, it's raining. Probably wait till tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> you! Yeah, everyone uh, was saying how you could use a Rich's car wash. That was, now, that let was me have you guys. Were saying. Uh, this doesn't count to Michael. He doesn't have kids, but have you accidentally or maybe purposely cussed in front of your your sons? Like recently? Anytime. Dude, they're teenagers, and I got two in college and one's a teenager. They, yes. <laughs> I, know, I, I never did. Not with my kids. I would never cuss I'd in front of them. I find that hard to believe. You never, cu- you never, you not, never no, no, cursed in front of your kids at not, any age? No, not with my wife or my kids around. Never. Wow. Lee Shermaine, you know, for sainthood over here. <laughs> Saint Lee. Saint Lee. Saint Lee. <laughs> did you ever see that movie? Oh, Saint here we go. The one uh, with Bill Murray. Yes. You yes. did see it? I did. It's great. I really enjoyed that movie. Uh, speaking of the recent year, well, by the way, uh, there was a proclamation yesterday at the Mobile City Council meeting recognizing uh, the Senior Bowl's efforts to, uh, to contribute and enhance the community. So... Um, in honor of the 75th anniversary of the game, they um, have proclaimed February 3rd, 2024, as Senior Bowl Day. You know, I'm I'm not How about here. That? that is fantastic. You know, and yesterday was Senior Bowl. They they sent out a release that yesterday, or was it just looking ahead to February 3rd? Then maybe that's what it was. But I got to say this. You know, we attended the press conference. They. I'm not just blowing smoke because, you know, Jim's been on the air and he does his show with us and everything, but they really do a heck of a job. When you consider all that goes into bringing in 120 players, now working with juniors, and that 75th anniversary team, it's not like they have the biggest staff in the world, you know, and they have just a few people, and, and they do a marvelous job down there. They get the, Just getting people in transportation-wise, just yeah. getting, you know, hooking up, navigating them in to make sure they get in here and so forth. And the volunteers that will help out once they get here. I, You know, this is unsolicited. I just felt I had to, to say something like that because, you know, Michael and I sat in on the press conference and it used to be just about the seniors. Now it's juniors. Now it's the 75th anniversary team. I mean, there's a lot that goes into this. Well, and obviously the folks around town are taking notice because we got a number of supporting sponsors that have come on board with WNSP, and we certainly appreciate their help in giving uh, uh, the Senior Bowl coverage it deserves. Uh, of course, our Chavez Furniture Senior Bowl coverage continues all through next week, and special thanks to the fine folks at Mobile Mitsubishi. Uh, they've been great uh, partners with us through uh, the, the past calendar year. AIDS, of Al- uh, AIDS Alabama Insurance Office of America LNS Air, we were just talking about off the air here just a second ago. The Orthopedic Group, the good folks over at Ward International. Uh, a special thanks to Hal Hayes with Ultra Wash of Mobile and, of course, AFS Foundations. We appreciate everything you guys do uh, to make our coverage of Senior Bowl co- uh, possible. And I really thank Dave Rogers, who I work with, and i got to go see him today. Michael, I've got to go down to Senior Bowl headquarters. Any tips on parking? Oh, too soon. Hasht- hashtag too soon. I was actually talking was to Dave. For. Dave's on uh, Jim's staff and does a really great job with everything, and he has lined us up if Air Sports One is ready to go, uh, a place to park it and uh, be a part of a Senior Bowl day with our show. But I was talking to him yesterday about I was curious where they park to avoid tickets. <laughs> this dude's going to be trailing Dave from his house. He's going to be outside, <laughs> like, like, stalking, any, bro. Any, any tips, uh, Michael, when I go down there today? I don't have any tips for you. 
In fact, whatever Bronner tells you to do, do the opposite. Meanwhile, there's somebody in the app uh, that is just dying for Lee to, to give us a, a, a... Not a PETA thing again. No, uh, better. Uh, a combination of mom and the the F word. If you could give us a combination, I think you will go down in WNSP I'm, history. I'm not the right person to ask, though, but because I don't cuss. But your kids aren't here. Your your wife's not here. It's just a, just some guys hanging out. We're barely on the air. <laughs> <laughs> barely? What Someone like said, a, hell, like I've cussed at my kids. No. I've uh, somebody else that. said, if you curse in front of your kids, they grow up to drink unpasteurized milk. Raw milk? Did your parents curse in front of you, Michael? <laughs> I, I, I misinterpreted. I thought he said pasteurized because there's a regular gallon of 2% in my fridge right now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think drinking unpasteurized milk is good. So, But did your parents curse in front of you? Yes. <laughs> did your parents? Did they have curse words back then? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they used different language. I don't remember. You don't remember if they I cursed in front of you? I don't think they did. Where'd you learn such language? In, on the mean streets being of a, being in New radio. Jersey? Being in radio. Being in radio? Being in radio. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing, though. One of the uh, – actually, my first job was at CBS in New York. Yeah. And – Every now and then, I would, I was an, in, I was a little more than an intern. I was making a whopping eighty dollars a week. Shut the front yes, door. eighty dollars a week. That's not bad. I was a gopher. I would answer phone calls. I would uh, take news copy around. But I'll never. The one thing I'll never forget. Uh, the the what? This was the local CBS. Okay, they were right alongside of the network, but the local. Uh, Gordon Barnes was the weatherman, and he just happened to live on the same street I did. And he once, um, he every now and then would give me a ride in where I didn't have to take the bus. But I remember one story because you always think these guys get along, and you learn, you see them outside, but once you get inside, you see how things really are. You, get to, you, you see how the sausage is made. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you always go there. My, my parents used to tell me how well-dressed they were. Well, I'd go in and see they were wearing blue jeans, but you couldn't see it because the desk hid that, right? But they might wear a jacket. But the one story he told me was Jim Jensen was the, the alpha uh, when it came to newsmen in uh, the New York area. He was like top dog at, at CBS Local. And Gordon told me that one time during a commercial break, that Jim Jensen got so mad at him that he threw a glass at him. Can you believe <laughs> like, like that? Like that old Bill O'Reilly clip? I guess. I mean, he actually threw. You know what I'm talking about? No, I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> we can play it. Today might be the day. We'll do it live. What, what's the Bill O'Reilly? You, know, you know what I'm talking about, Mark? Vaguely. Well, uh, let's play it. I, 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 let's do it. We, we can't play it, unfortunately. Why not? Well, there's, you know, there's colorful language in it. Well... Or do the same rules apply to an online stream as it does to traditional radio broadcasts? <laughs> That's a good question. Now I you, don't know. I can. You've never heard me cuss here, right? Have you? Hell no. All right. <laughs> Is hell a cuss word? No. I don't know. No. It's a place. <laughs> it's a noun. <laughs> it's a place. It's I'm, a person, place, or thing. Well, you're actually cor you're correct on that. It is a place. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sometimes I think I'm in it, but, you know. <laughs> Broadcasting hell. Yeah. Uh, but he no. did it. He said it. Are we recording? Well, you just said it's a place. Yeah. 
but I'll just never forget that story. I didn't see it happen, but can you imagine you're you're, you're in the newsroom and you're doing the the local news and you see this all the time, and the anchor throws something at the weatherman. Well, you off, know, during a commercial break, right? Uh, I can. Uh, I, I mean, actually, that never happened in Ron I did Burgundy, I did, did it? Yeah, oh, yeah. You remember they did the. Uh, did it? No, you remember she messed with the teleprompter because he didn't actually. Oh, he yeah. read. But they, he, but he didn't. They didn't throw things at each other. No, no. But him going on and telling the whole city to go blank themselves was pretty hilarious. That that by far was the best funniest line in that movie. Only because I can relate to it because uh, I did a I did a TV broadcast internship in New Orleans when I was in college. And um, so I can relate. I was the guy that had to feed the teleprompter. So I can relate to that. Not that I ever did it, uh, but that that was hilarious. Did stuff. you ever screw up? Wrong, wrong, wrong script or yeah, something, something nah, like that. No, nah, nothing nah, like that. Nah, it was pretty easy to if you can get a if you can get an intern to do it. Uh, you you got eighty bucks an hour for your girlfriend. No, I got eighty dollars oh, a, a, a week. A week. I got. Was that the lowest an paying hour. job? Was that the lowest paying job you ever got? Yes. And my first broadcasting job on the air, I got a whopping one hundred dollars a week. And that was back in when? Nineteen seventy. That's not bad. Actually. I just adjusted for inflation. That's that, ten thousand dollars a week now. That's pretty good, actually. I to mention something. my first job was two hundred a week, and that's, when I was fifteen, that was that's thirty years ago. Pretty good compared to what I made. Yeah, but I was doing that back in late nineties. You were that, you were twenty. You were ahead of your time. So Cursing and whatnot. we talked about Ron Burgundy, and I was trying to remember. <laughs> remember when uh, the at the zoo, the, who fell into the pit? There was an animal there, right? Uh, are we circling back to PETA here? Yeah, that's what I want to say. Does PETA come out and complain you, about that? You talking that? Harambe? Remember in the end of the movie where the reporter fell into the pit? Oh, or this something? is a movie. I thought you were the talking movie. about the no, the movie the gorilla at the so, Cincinnati Zoo. No, so does PETA come Tragic. out and criticize I think it was a, that? It was a bear pit. Okay. Right? Didn't um How about it? And the movies about bears? Do they gripe about that? Do they ever say we shouldn't Well, be if you're using real animals, yes. If they're using CGI, I don't think they have a problem with it. I mean, I, I don't want to be I don't want to be the guy speaking for PETA here. Lee Lee has it out for PETA. I think if we want to 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 combine a couple of storylines today, I think if we could get Lee going on PETA, I think he'd blurt out some expletives. I don't think so. And he'd do I'm it with Roman numerals. No, I'm pretty well disciplined. But Michael, you said was it you or you you mentioned about a real live elephant in Tuscaloosa? Where yeah. Would you, where would you keep it? What do you mean? I, what Just do you mean? Rome, like Babar. Where, yeah. where, where would it be held? <laughs> where, where would you keep it? Do you have a, I think a stable you, there? No, or? you could build a sanctuary. There's plenty of Does room. Does Alabama have an equestrian team? Yeah. Is there room there for an elephant? I don't know if the elephant and horses would get along. Oh, everybody gets along with elephants. I don't know if that's true. I don't know. Have you seen those? Have you seen those clips where the elephant stomps on the alligator that yeah. tries to attack? You don't mess with an elephant, bro. For real, for real. Roll Tide. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Mr. Bronner, for that uh, contribution. All right, let's do this. One final segment of what could be, but may not be. Our one and only exclusive digital show here on Sports Radio 105.5 FM, WNSP and WNSP.com. For all you digital listeners, this one's for you. Hi, I'm Michael Pierce, NFL defensive tackle. When I'm in the city of Mobile, you can normally find me at WNSP 105.5.
and gentlemen, the final segment of the day. You guys can jump in. 694-1055. That's the number. I can ask what we're planning. Go ahead. What, what do you got planned for tomorrow, Lee? <laughs> Here's what I got planned for tomorrow. I'm going to show up 4 o'clock in the morning. After that, it could be anything. It depends on if we're going digital or if we're going WNSP. Yeah, my Boygby interview never got played. It's going to be on the agenda for tomorrow. I look forward and to I'll it. And I'll tell you what, Michael. Look, Michael went out of his way to record an interview with one of the Alabama players, and I just didn't think that we should play it today without the WNSP audience. That was a decision I made. I thought he may he has he has control over editorial content here on yes, the opening. I kickoff. wanted to have more people hear it. Uh, you went the extra mile. It cost you in the pocketbook uh, doing it. So I felt it was only fair that you play it to a bigger audience, right? Yeah, we're gonna play it three times an hour tomorrow. Very good. Um, someone in the app said there's a rural town in in uh, Michigan. Uh, it's near Ann Arbor. It's called Hell, Michigan. Is that? A, I, mean, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta double check that because if so, that's that's brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Is that the hell way it's pronounced? Where the are you way from? I'm from hell. Is that w the way it's pronounced, or is it heel? I don't know. It's H E L L. I don't know how else. There's no apostrophe or anything in there. I don't. What's the population? Uh, was seventy two. Wow. As of 2022, it's an unincorporated community in Livingston County. Uh, it's 15 miles northwest of Ann Arbor. For all you um, Michigan fans. Yeah, seventy-two. I'm looking at pictures of it. It's doesn't look so bad. I mean, there are worse places than hell to to be and uh, be at, I guess. Well, this particular iteration of hell. Hopefully, we're in a situation where we carry Alabama, Auburn tonight. Oh, it'll be streaming. Thank you. All right. Very good. So what what is it that we're doing tomorrow? Probably talking about the Alabama-Auburn game. We'll be talking about that game for sure. Very good, Michael. You're paying attention. See, I've picked up on these patterns. Yes. Usually when there's a game that involves us, we talk about we it talk, the next That's a good point. <laughs> is that how radio works? I don't know. Sometimes. Sometimes you know what I mean? I, I, let me say, broadcasting? I, I shouldn't say radio at this point. Just broadcasting? Isn't that how talk format sports works there you go there'll be some senior bowl discussion tomorrow paul feinbaum will be joining us if all goes well with the tower uh i'm sure it will i have no doubts i am confident in my okay, prediction you, to say we will be back picked, on the air this time you tomorrow picked auburn to win are you more auburn winning or us getting back what are you more confident in Ooh. us getting back you heard it here first I mean, if you heard it at all, you heard it here first. <laughs> We're back, baby. <laughs> what do you feel? What, 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 what do you How think? How are you doing as far as uh, lining up a PETA guy this week or a girl? I can get somebody on if you want. I, I mean, do. if you're serious about doing it, I can. it's not the first time Probably, we've done I'll it. I'll tell you what we'll do, though. Let's wait until after the Senior Bowl because we're going to have a lot of content next week and this week with the Senior Bowl. So we'll wait for another two weeks or so. Is there a meeting I don't know about? Like? Triple G just walked in. He looks like his his hair is combed. Did you notice that? They they mentioned that at the Senior Bowl, uh, how he's really spruced up his looks now. Who? 
Wiggins. Really? Yeah. Didn't Michael? Didn't that uh, come out? Didn't you hear that? I believe a they, comment they did they mention that about his hair. Really? Yeah. Well, Bo, I mean, Bo Nix said some nice words about Nick's hair. Yeah. How am I just now hearing about this? This could have been a whole it, topic because it wasn't Bo Nix. Oh, I didn't know there was a bromance uh, starting here a senior bowl week. See what you missed by not being at the press conference. Yeah, I, I, I had uh, I had other obligations. I don't know what to tell you. I, I wish I could have been there, but I knew it was handled by some seasoned veterans and some. Uh, we outnumbered every other media. We had four people there, right, Mike? Uh, I'm sorry, Michael. Not Mike. Big Mike. <laughs> you want to chime in on that, Big Mike? I, that was an accident. I'm sorry, Michael. But we had four people representing our station there. We did. Everyone else was very intimidated. I would say we had two-thirds of our entire staff was here. I feel like I was the odd man you out there. You were the odd man you out. Were? Yeah. Yeah, I was just uh, and here's the other playing thing. hard to get. Nobody missed you. Yeah, Nobody even mentioned it. That's fine. No, I, nobody. Not one word. I, I'm good. I'm just here in a supporting role. I'm here. To, to help you guys. Whatever you need, that's what I'm here for. No, there were certain people wondering where you were. Oh. Did you tell them I was working? No. Or that I, I took a nap? Told them you didn't feel like being there? That's not what you told them. <laughs> uh, all right, so, yeah, that was uh, that was fun. Someone said there's a Transylvania, Louisiana. True. That's, uh, there's a Transylvania in Kentucky. Well, he said Transylvania, Louisiana. Now I gotta look that up. Y'all got me up here like I'm Lewis and Clark now. Yeah, but that's yeah, Transylvania, Louisiana, an unincorporated community in East Carroll Parish. And you lived what? Pretty close to that, right? In New Orleans? Uh, just I just because I was in New Orleans doesn't mean I'm close to no, Transylvania. No, but I'm just saying, is that close to where your house is? Negative. No, it is in the most northern eastern part of the state in fact in order to get there you'd have to go through mississippi most of the way if you're coming from new orleans i'm now showing lee a map because this is what we've resorted to here on the opening kickoff but transylvania there you go i see this is why i love the apps and this is why we give you digital only content because you guys are so good to us in educating us in everything going on around the Isn't world there a transylvania college also in kentucky uh, you're going to make me... Yes. Come on, man. Transylvania, Kentucky. Google be getting a workout today. I, Transylvania I, University in yes. Lexington, Kentucky. I remember that they were involved in a, a basketball game. I think, now I'm really getting into it, I think Lee Rose, uh, a long time, well, he's not coaching now, of course, but Lee Rose was involved with Transylvania. He used to coach at South Florida when we were in the Sun Belt, when they were in the Sun Belt. Um, so this is basically what it's resorted to. Exactly. You guys asking rhetorical questions and me Googling the answers. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look <laughs> it up myself. I don't trust you on this one. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, who do you, you like? Al Michael's going with Alabama. Who'd you pick tonight? I'm going Auburn. I'm going to go with Auburn by four points. Well, that's how I know I'm right. Yeah, can I change my pick? Because Lee, Lee, Lee agreed with me. I don't mean I wasn't singling you out, Lee. I meant that both of you oh. picked uh, Auburn. Actually, Michael, you're not far from being correct on that. I don't. I have not picked very well this year. Mm. That's right. You both took Texas against Washington. I did. I, I did. <laughs> I did. 
I know I I'll did. I'll freely admit that I, I got that I one did. wrong. Grantedly, you did take Washington against Oregon, which no one else had the courage the to do. The good news You're is a trailblazer. if he's right and he's going to be unbearable tomorrow, we'll just, I we'll always just say thought he, we, we never had this conversation. Michael, I always thought our picks, we say them and that's it. Nobody ever brings it up again until you came along. Well, we should. What's the point of doing picks? Hey, we appreciate you guys hanging with us here on the app at WNSP.com. We're back tomorrow at 6 a.m. Until then, see ya!